Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. You can join the show. All you have to do is dial in the number. 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Jay. Uh, we got national divorce on the menu tonight. People have been talking about it. It's been getting a lot of buzz in social media, and people are actually covering it in national media as well so figure we'll jump on board here but first we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts of course you can bring up absolutely anything you want to discuss we go to uh, ricky first he's calling us from pennsylvania go ahead ricky thank you there brother ian i really appreciate that yes sir well here's what's on my mind i was hoping you were going to cut in and monitor me but since you did, and I'm not even going to address that at this point in time, but I will at some other point. And this refers to the call last night. But what I will address uh, is I did have an issue last night. Okay. Uh, when I was announced. I'm when Ricky you were from announced. the Commonwealth. Well, when the host, <laughs> when the host, when the host pulled my call in, you know? Yeah, no, I actually heard I heard your call last night, and, and I actually had a conversation with Aria about it today. I told her, hey, look, you were accusing Ricky of interrupting you, and in fact, that's what Aria was doing to you, Ricky. I know. So I did, I did have some, uh, you know, I did share some words with her about that today. And, well, also, uh, since you bring it up, Ian, when it came down to the biggest problem, Neither she didn't know about this at all that happened in the afternoon yesterday when it came. You talking about life. what Marjorie Taylor Greene was saying yeah, about national mad. divorce? Well, yeah, I mean that's mad. okay. I mean I, we don't expect people to know what every little politician somewhere is saying about things. So I mean that's not. I don't care what politicians say either. I mean I tend to agree with what Arya said. I pay near to zero attention. I happen to know about the Marjorie Taylor Greene comment because I am kind of zeroed in to the world of news regarding secession and yeah, you do independence. Pretty good, Ian. You don't give yourself enough credit. All right. Well, you what know. were you calling about tonight exactly? Well, what it comes down to is since uh, I wasn't even going to name names since it did, I guess it's okay. Uh, it happened the previous week, but then I said, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's a common mistake. Now, yes, the, last night again, uh, what happened? She, uh, when I called in, she says, Ricky from the state of Pennsylvania. This is the <laughs> now, oh, yeah, it sets set you off, doesn't it? Well, here's why, Ian, because I'm Ricky from the Commonwealth. First, and also I'm a member of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, by the I'm way, back- Ricky, uh, we do have another Commonwealth uh, original here. Uh, Jay Noon was, I believe, born on the land known as the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Isn't that right, Jim? Yeah, thanks for saying well, that, that correctly. Know, you know, well, the problem is that used to be known as our sister. But what happened with them is quite some time ago now, because they're municipalities and getting some status within their government, the, the people lost control of their Commonwealth status. The you people know, we of... For 250 years. The people of Pennsylvania you know? or... This is no, an, Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. This is an excellent yeah, we to- for topic, for 250 Ricky. years. But basically, it comes down to this, Ian, because I'm a member of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And things that are okay to say, you can say Pennsylvania, you can say the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you can say PA, or just the Commonwealth. 
But calling it the state of Pennsylvania is personally insulting, you know, especially to me because I'm so not a statist. And neither are people here. And like elected officials, our government would have a spasm. It would seem to me that uh, if you were insulted by someone calling it a state instead of the Commonwealth, that that would be a kind of a statist opinion. But uh, Jace seems like he wants to weigh in on this. So I want to make sure he has a chance. Yeah. So, uh, you know, language means a lot. And a lot of people actually speak in legalese and don't even really know they're speaking legalese. Uh, Like, for example, when you get pulled over by a cop, he'll say, do you understand why I pulled you over? And that cop might not even know he's speaking uh, legalese, but literally to consent or to comprehend or to agree to understand comes directly out of William Blackstone's commentaries for English law, uh, which was the number two selling book. Uh, It was a four-part book set uh, when the country was being settled after the Bible. Anyways, to understand means to be under the jurisdiction or the dome of of essentially a government or an entity. And since police officers are, you know, they they wear many hats, uh, you know, they're a constitutional peace protection officer, but they're also enforcing copyright and and, uh, uh, intellectual property law. And most people are unknowingly operating under some form of copyright or intellectual property. They go get these special permission slips from the state and whatnot. But like, well, people will say, oh, do you live in Henniker, New Hampshire? And um, and I'm like, well, the word in uh, could be construed as within. And, you know, there's the Henniker town, like this dirt that's on the, the, the nation of New Hampshire. I like to refer to it. But to call it the state of New Hampshire is actually accurate, too, because they use that term state in the organic constitution to where like Pennsylvania uses a term Commonwealth. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't like to say I live in Henniker or live in New Hampshire. I live on uh, the soil of the land that's known as Henniker or mm-hmm. known as New Hampshire. I don't live in this legal fiction or in this corporation. Well, you know, what's fun. If I may say so, Jay, it's funny you say that because when it comes to Commonwealth, what that refers to is the people and the land, but also our form of government. Uh, which Massachusetts used to have. Well, that's part of the confusion, right? Because when somebody says the state or the Commonwealth or whatever, yep. uh, you know, a lot of people get confused. I, I would say it's more confusing with the word state because it's more common. It's a deliberate it's, act, too, I think. It is the deliberate. They want people to think, when they think of the state of New Hampshire, they want people to think of the, you know, the old man in the mountain and uh, Mount Washington and the trees and the granite. And, right. and you in, know. In, the case of, in the case of your government, from what you've been telling me and what I've heard, you have uh, issues when it comes to dealing with your government that uh, Pennsylvania just doesn't have. I don't know what you you're know? talking about. Well, I mean, we have very much for the people by the people. You that know? sounds like a bunch of BS uh, no to me. Sub- oh, you don't think so? Nope, I don't believe it either. Uh, it's you might be surprised. I'll be honest with you. I've lived here all my life. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff. I mean, the only thing we had a problem with was about uh, 25 years ago. And this is something that everybody needs to watch for. And, I, and it kind of scared me when you were saying about people coming to New Hampshire, because what happened with us, is droves of New Yorkers starting to come in. And people already voiced their self and say, we don't want them here. Well, you couldn't stop it. And what ended up happening is the uh, New York City people especially were bad. With upstate New York, you deal with status, but they're more manageable. And with the people from New York City, what they started to do quickly is take over the townships. In fact, the township I used to be in, of 10 township board members, eight of them were from New York City. 
<laughs> now that got dealt with over so, time. I'd like to interject real quick. It really shouldn't matter if you have an actual government that functions the way that the founding documents, such as the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and you know, if they actually functioned, uh, you know, with respect to those documents within that limited scope, because you know, ninety nine percent of your neighbors could, you know, vote to, I don't know, apply a tax to your property to put their kids in school, and if they actually operated under the tenets of the Constitution, uh, they couldn't do that. Uh, and so what I believe has happened is, and in Massachusetts is a Commonwealth and you might want to look into this also, Ricky, with uh, respect to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you look up in the Massachusetts, what they call, um, their, their code, but it, they call it MGL. So if you look at this MGL, is multiple, that like the PA code? Probably, but so they call it, okay, that's crap. That's crap. I, when it doesn't go in accordance with our law. I ignore it, but I do that at my own risk, and I deal with it. All right, let, let, let me explain this because I and you may understand this. But if anybody wants to look up the, the code and you know the, wherever they are on a state level, uh, Massachusetts, the example is is they give um, and this is right in every town charter actually. So this would be Town of Palmer Charter, and they reference in the definition section of MGL. So MGL in all capital letters, M period G period L period in all capital letters stands for the Massachusetts General Laws. Then they have MGL in all lowercase. And and I could have that backwards, a lowercase and, and capital part. The MGL in, let's say, all lowercase is uh, the codified statutes adopted under the Uniform Commercial Code, blah, 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 1923. Um, so that that's a statutory code thing that essentially came out of what I believe is, you know, when the federal government started ruling, you know, the states on downward, uh, with the Reconstruction Acts of 1867. Right, yeah, I've covered some of this in the past, Jay. Go ahead. And so anyways, that's that codified law that applies to all these U.S. citizens and legal fictions and corporations and associations and trusts and whatever legal entities. Essentially, the Massachusetts definition of person. Um, so, you know, people should uh, should understand there is, you know, two sets of citizens is basically the bottom line. You have, you know... Um, you know, nas- state nationals, you have a, you know, a citizen of the state of New Hampshire. Uh, and then you also have United States citizens where, which essentially in with, um, you know, right around the civil war, these, uh, United States citizens were a class was a second class of citizen that was sort of granted, uh, where the federal government essentially best I can tell, uh, took ownership of slaves that were the property of slave owners, uh, and I don't agree with slavery one bit. But that's it, just the way there it was. wasn't a national citizen before that, right? It didn't even well, appear. Well, Grant in the... had twenty of them in the White House, so regardless, <laughs> you Who? know. Who did? Uh, President Grant. Okay, but before the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, citizen didn't appear in the Constitution, isn't that right? Uh, so there, I believe, in Article. Um, when it talks about the structure uh, being elected a president, it does say a, a citizen of the United States, uh, and that's a definitely previous, you know, 1864. Mm. Uh, no, what's that? Article five of, of the U.S. Constitution, um, and uh, but that has been explicit that it's you know uh, the citizen of the United States in, in that particular, um, and it could be United States of America, which we got to understand. The United States is just the District of Columbia territories and possessions. The United States of America is a union of independent sovereign nation states. So just like Spain and France are members of the European Union, but they are independent sovereign nations, uh, New Hampshire and 
the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are sovereign, independent nations. And are, are, right, know, and we definitely, down here, we definitely utilize that if we need to and we push it. And when That's you great. do push it, you get results. You know? Thank you, Ricky, for the call tonight. Appreciate it, man. All right, did, what, did you want to keep going on that? Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Uh, look, I, I get that he's he's frustrated by you know somebody calling the state of or the Commonwealth. Dude, everybody from the state of Pennsylvania. State. I'm, I'm from I'm from right <laughs> across the border in Binghamton, New York, and everybody from the state of Pennsylvania acts like that. No, oh, do they I'm, really? No, I'm just kidding. It's just, <laughs> it's just one. Kook. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, it's it's essentially nitpicking, and you know he he might be taking it a little too serious or having fun with it. Could be. Um, or, or whatever. And, you know, a little bit of forgiveness goes a long way. I think he has, he does take it a little bit too serious. On uh, behalf of smokers in New York, thank you, Ricky, for the cheap smokes in Halstead. You're awesome. And uh, by the way, <laughs> as far as, you know, he was talking about how much better Pennsylvania is compared to New Hampshire. He kind of referenced that uh, they don't have some of the problems that we have here in New Hampshire. I was just pulling up the uh, the handy little website, usdebtclock.org, which has the the state debt as, as well as the national debt. And it's just like constantly going up, right? Like the, the debt numbers. And you can't look at the raw numbers because obviously New Hampshire doesn't have as many people as Pennsylvania. But they do actually a calculation of debt per citizen, so where they do the division. Mm-hmm. And in New Hampshire, it's uh, just over $7,000 per citizen of debt. And this is in regards to, I believe, just the state debt. We're not talking about national-level stuff, right? Because then it comes up to like 100000 per per person or something right. like that. Uh, but and the Pennsylvania state debt was, let me see if I can pull it up here again, over 10000 I believe. Yeah, 10700 So uh, quite a bit more spending going on there in Pennsylvania than in New Hampshire. And, of course, there's no chance that's ever going to get under control because there's no liberty movement in new hampshire there's no migration of freedom loving people that are moving into uh into pennsylvania or sorry into uh yeah there's no movement into pennsylvania as he pointed out a lot of people from new york are are moving in there so the odds that you're ever going to see any kind of turnaround to the spending spree going on there is near to zero for a good good part of my life uh basically up until about seven years ago i was in pennsylvania pretty much once a week from mm-hmm. the time I was a little kid. You know, my dad was a horse trader mm-hmm. and we would go to the a horse auction, a couple of horse auctions in Pennsylvania actually. Sometimes we would go to Pennsylvania twice a week. And so New Holland, Pennsylvania, which is s- essentially the heart, heart of Lancaster, which is Amish country. Right. So there's a lot of Amish country in New Hampshire, there's a lot of Amish upstate New York. Uh and I think one of the best places you could be if there was like a serious um, economic financial collapse is is heavy, is is already be trading and with an Amish community or Amish families uh, because the uh, the Amish are they're self sufficient they're self sufficient they're a huge major backbone you will um, you will find that uh, the English people who grow up sort of around the Amish um, a lot of the kids uh, like uh, really sort of they they like the Amish they sort of see them as like something to look up to because. Mm-hmm. They're like all the most of the Amish people are just real men. You know, the Amish aren't doing this woke nonsense. They're not. They're <laughs> not. Not really. Um, you know, getting into the internet. Uh, and, and and the ones that are, are just you know getting destroyed because I, I actually mm. have had a, a two years ago. Um, well, three years ago <laughs> was right after my daughter was born. I had a j- j- the beginning of the scamdemic. I had a, a a discussion, a group discussion. It was a, c- a conference call. Eight or nine of these Amish elders. And two of the guys I knew pretty well were on a speakerphone, 
at the local corner store where they had a room in the back. They would, you know, use the phone and they would have meetings in there and they wanted me to explain Facebook to them. And uh, because what was happening is uh, the the, uh, kids, the people, the youth, he would say uh, in their community that's starting to get on a Facebook, um, for example, were just uh, becoming very addicted to it and sort of useless. They weren't interested in working. They weren't interested in, you know, like I thought the Amish didn't use technology. So you can go do a thing where you go check out like regular English culture. Yeah, um, and you know the uh, Rumspringa where they go think, out yeah, when uh, they they turn twenty one or something like that. I thought it was eighteen, but I don't know. Whatever, yeah, but, something like that. But w- there is so you have the Mennonites, which I call Amish light. Right, those are the ones that I, as I understood it, were more welcoming towards you know telephones and things like that. Yeah, but I so could like, be wrong. So, well, so like the, the the Mennonites would have you know the you know all the computerized stuff for their milking operation, mm-hmm. and they would have. Uh, buy these brand new, you know, $100,000 tractor and, you know, take all the rubber wheels off it and put steel wheels on it. And uh, you ever see a Bobcat skid steer with steel wheels on it or use one? No. Um, or, I didn't know they did that. Uh, that is crazy. And then, because <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I think they, the Mennonites in my town have tractors with, with rubber tires. So, so some of them now they'll have steel wheels and then they'll have like rubber pads glued. Like they can't have the pneumatic process of the uh you know rubber you know the air field ru- air filled rubber tires really a- anyways um so like bizarre so like they would buy like a new truck and they would leave the tires on a truck uh but they would take like the chrome bumpers and paint them black and they would um because well, you, you can't, can't, have, a can't have a reflection whatever i mean anything that was bling or shiny you talking about the mennonites or the amish okay the mennonites. so so the amish the old order amish mm-hmm. they're more hardcore they were like you know, they could have electricity in the dairy farm, in the barn, uh, or but in the house, you know, he would use his, you know, gas lantern to go walk in mm-hmm. the house, and the house was, you know, lit with, you know, propane or whatever. Uh, but the last time I was in New Holland, Pennsylvania, most of the Amish kids had a smartphone. Wow. And, and, and what I say by Amish kids, so the kids wearing a straw hat, mm-hmm. you know, dressed up in, you know, the handmade clothes, right. um, you know, um, you know, wearing, you know, some shoes they inherited from an older brother. Or even running around barefoot, uh, and they're tough. You see them running around barefoot in the wintertime; it don't even bother them. You're like <laughs> walking these two thousand pound draft horses down the aisle, and you know, twelve year old kids barefoot. And um, but anyways, uh, they, they, they definitely the, the uh, technology came a long way. Well, even there was a kid that uh, he used to uh, ride horses for my dad a lot through the auction to help my dad out when uh, you know us kids didn't go down there for whatever reason. And uh, all of a sudden, he's, like, gone. And we see him, like, two years later, and we're like, hey, man, what happened to you? You know, my dad really missed you. Oh, I got busted. For what? Well, I was moving cocaine, and I got busted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? man. He was, like, 25 years old, and he ended up doing a couple years in jail. Damn. Um, so, you know, they, the, the Amish get corrupted just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, our old friend Menno. I don't know if you remember Menno Troyer, sure. who used to be up here. He's, He's a, a super nice guy. Early mover for the Free State Project. I used to know him in in Florida, and he was he was one of the. He grew up Mennonite, and then they did the Rumspringa thing, where they can you know the kids go out into the real world, and he never came back. <laughs> he went out yep. to the real world and was like, "This is great," and then never went back. But if you have a large portion of Amish or Mennonite um farmer types um they're going to be pretty re- uh resistant to a collapse 
Mm-hmm. Now, oh, yeah. mo- now yeah. most now a lot of them, uh, you know, years ago had bank accounts. Like you know, six seven years ago, but I can remember like fifteen twenty years ago, a lot of them didn't have bank accounts, and they were able to get a bank account without a social security number. Oh wow, that's um, amazing! Now that would this been pre two thousand one, because it was a lot easier pre two thousand one before the Patriot Act. Once the Patriot Act got into play, then they it roped got everybody in really hard. So definitely, like the guys I were talking to, probably had a bank account since pre two thousand one. Um, but I, well, then again, there was a girl on the documentary series that, uh, NBC Boston put out this week, which mm-hmm. if you, you haven't checked it out, you should do that. Yeah, I don't NBC, know her. I've never met her. NBC Is that from Boston, Montana? Yeah. NBCBoston.com slash free state. Uh, I think it was in the pork fest episode. Where this girl that was at Porkfest, Katura is her name. She's from Montana, and she announced herself as someone who has no social security number. You know, she said, I'm the girl that doesn't exist or something like that. It was pretty cool. But she claimed she got a bank account with no social security number, and this girl's got to be in her 20s. So there's no chance she got that bank account you know i you have know, prior a friend to 2001 back home who now identifies as a voluntarist and he's a great guy i used to work with him in a restaurant and uh he has never he was in the military mm-hmm. and he's never had a social security number mm-hmm. so so this girl you're talking about funny thing so i do the show last week yeah and i got text so when i when i got home i had a couple of signal messages and sms tech me- text messages from friends hey great to hear you on free talk live again and then oh, cool. the, the next morning the next day i got i must have got 15 you know comments like that you wow know? and anyways uh and then uh about four people i guess mentioned this girl hey did you meet her at pork fest she mm-hmm. was on the uh nbc special and you know you should have thought because you know i've never had Cause a you also account. don't have yeah, a social security number social security number and um, so I have recently had a discussion with a friend, uh, who says, yeah, you don't need a social security number. You don't need to swear to be a, a federal United States citizen to get a bank account. And, uh, if any, and so I kind of want to try this with a bank and file a lawsuit against them, uh, <laughs> you know, see what happens. I mean, I got other stuff. But to did do. you talk to her? I have not talked to her yet. Oh, okay. All right. Cause yeah, it'd be interesting to hear what her story is and how she managed to do that. She may have some advice for you. Yeah. Uh, the number here, if you want to join the show, it's 603-283-6160. If you've managed to open a bank account in the last 20 years uh, without a social security number, you can tell your story, or you can bring up absolutely anything that's on your mind. Uh, certainly, it'll be easier to open up accounts when we secede from the United States, I suspect. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where i am now is due to listening to free talk live you changed my mind on some very important issues years ago to random people tuning in on the radio i was kind of stuck in the left right paradigm i heard your show by chance on a saturday night from there i went on joined the free state project and become an amplifier so i mean that's really the reason why i amp is uh because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here, and you can join the show. The number 
603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian, Matt, and Jay here in the studio tonight. You can join us online. Just head over to freetalklive.com. And you can enjoy the features we have there. By the way, I want to say thank you to Greg Lilly, who is a elite-level supporter of Free Talk Live's AMPS program. I think elite is like a hundred bucks a month. So thank you, Greg, for that epic yeah, level uh, support. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, and all we ask is five bucks a month. So if you want to help us out, and you can join Greg over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. Debit card, credit card, or PayPal. It is up to you. Uh, and you can help us advertise, market, promote, and support. Getting the message of liberty, peace, cryptocurrency, freedom out into uh, over about 180 or so radio stations across the country. Online, of course, uh, streaming, podcasts, satellite. We're on all those things. So once again, thank you to uh, Greg Lilly over at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. So it got mentioned on the show last night, uh, this Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's this Trumper, basically. She's a... Georgia U.S. representative, as I understand, and she's you know controversial. As yeah, it's a name I've heard a lot about, but I I don't really know why she's controversial. She's she's just controversial because she has been, and I guess a little bit of credit due to her for this. I don't know a whole lot about her otherwise, but she's she's caused a stir at like the State of the Union addresses. She, she'll like heckle he, the yeah, State yeah, even, of the Union. So she's pretty outspoken. I kind of like a lot of what she does. Um, so one of the, so she was on, uh, Tim Cassis a few times and she explained it pretty well there. Um, that's actually when, uh, those guys first got swatted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, and, and Luke's hung out with her. Okay. Uh, so anyways, but one of the things that she does that she talked about is in Congress, um, there'll be like a handful of representatives in Congress, uh, in, you know, in, in a session and they'll start voting on bills. And like nobody's there, so there's a thing called uh, a roll call vote, where right. everyone has to has to everyone in Congress has to vote on this, and they're on the record, so you know exactly how they right. voted. Well, what what happens is a lot of times when they're in Congress, there's just a handful of these guys there, um, not you know the 538 of them or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, they just like start voting through bills, hmm. and. Uh, so what she's been doing is forcing a roll call vote, really, really pissing the establishment off, mm-hmm. and they've been giving her a real hard time about that. Um, and oh, yeah, they don't like that because then they're on the record, right? Then they're on the record because normally it's just a yay or nay, right? Like yep. it's just the whole room yells and then that's it. And the same thing happens here in New Hampshire, by the way. You have to force the roll call vote on the the issues that you think are important to get these guys on the record otherwise you have no idea who voted how so so anyway and you know she i think her and her husband own like a very large um you know um construction company um and i'm sure they get all kinds of you know government you know jobs Mm -hmm. uh which you know i i don't think that's cool and there's definitely been uh but like she's been really good about some things she was like she's very much for like uh you know, abolishing the ATF and the IRS and getting rid of the, um, that's like special licensing. I forget what it's called. Like yeah, but the, a, lo- a lot of politicians will say those things, but they don't actually do anything about it. I mean, has she proposed a bill to abolish the IRS? I'm not sure. No, there's no way. 
I mean, they're not going to do that. What they are proposing now is the fair tax, the so-called fair tax. The Republicans have finally, this was the whole thing with the, uh, what was the guy's name? The, the new guy that's, in, that's running the, the House, McCarthy, that's his yep. name, this, this guy McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy. Uh, he was, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene weren't voting this guy in. I think she was one of the yep. ones that was she holding was. out. And they all ultimately ended up voting for him, but after holding out for a few days in order to, quote-unquote, negotiate certain things, and one of the things they negotiated was another Georgia rep, so maybe there's, I don't know how many there are down there, but one of the other ones has the fair tax bill, because that originally got started uh, down in Georgia. It was Neil Bortz, the talk show host who used to pimp that thing two decades ago. So this thing's been around for two decades at least. I mean, we talked about it back, I think, when this show was still in Florida. We had a guest on the show to discuss what the so-called fair tax was. And for listeners that don't know, it's a proposal to have a national sales tax, basically, like a 23 to 30% national sales tax. Now, the normal proposal also includes getting rid of the income tax as well. Which, when you kind of look at it, doesn't sound too terrible of an idea. Like, if you could actually get rid of the income tax and all the difficulties of trying to fill out that paperwork and the amount of time and money that people spend on compliance and replace it with a national sales tax, just on that front alone, seems like it's an okay proposal. But that leaves out the fact that there would then be a a welfare check that every household would receive under this fair tax proposal. And then it gets a little bit more evil uh, at that point. But the whole point of this thing is like these Republicans make this big show about how they're holding the line so they can get the fair tax bill in. It's like you guys are making this big to do about this when you know it's never going to pass because you've got Joe Biden in uh, in office. So they're acting like they've made this big deal. You know, this is like, oh, such a big accomplishment. We we put our boots in the ground and we stood firm, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene and her friends so they could get this bill introduced that's never going to go anywhere. Why didn't they introduce it when Trump was in office and the Republicans were completely in charge of things? Because they don't really care. No, exactly. And so, like, I'm sorry, I just don't believe this woman when she's uh, claiming that she's for this and she's for that. She's just another politician, right? Sure. She's just looking to curry favor uh, with whoever it is that she possibly can. You can't trust these people as far as, I'm not suggesting you were, Jay, but, uh, you know, I'm glad she's talking to Luke. I mean, obviously, it doesn't hurt to talk to somebody like that, but and these people, they're not, they're not our people, right? This lady isn't Ron Paul. Well, actually, she did compare herself to Ron Paul at one point. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah. And um, she, uh, and, and like I said, what I've heard her say, I definitely liked what she had to say, uh, you know, about freedom and the right to bear arms and getting rid of the federal government or very much uh, minimizing the federal government. And, you know, this whole thing, like, people got to understand the purpose of the IRS is to essentially all the IRS does is pay off interest on a bankruptcy debt. Uh, so basically the money that you paid in income taxes, you know, the last couple of years went towards paying off interest on world war one debt. That's all it's all it's done. So the real solution to getting rid of the IRS is first off eliminating this debt, which is not real debt. And, you know, they just created up these banknotes out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Basically what the, uh, president, like if, if, if there was a, a real president, like I, I like to tell the Trumpers, yeah, if Donald Trump was like, you know, really for the American people, he would have told the Federal Reserve 
to go to hell. He would have, you know, basically everyone who's a member of the Federal Reserve Bank would be labeled as domestic terrorists because they are. And uh, they all would have been arrested. They would have been tried for whatever, um, you know, their crimes are crimes against humanity because uh, that, that, that's what they have been doing. They've just been, you know, it's essentially financially enslaving everybody. You know, when, when everybody's just a slave to, to debt, you don't really need to, you know, have whips and chains and have slave auctions because uh, everybody's, you know, essentially a slave to this debt system, just like you were reading off the debt. Each, you know, each individual owes like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and the plantation uh, just manages itself. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole, you know, the whole nation, the, the, the you know, whole union of states is essentially, the United States of America is essentially a plantation for U.S. citizens. Well, we should be clear. You don't owe $100,000 of national debt. You never signed any kind nope. of agreement but to go But somehow into debt. that's your share. Well, that's just a load of garbage. Load of garbage. The way I've always seen it, the, the Federal Reserve is openly a private bank, right? right? It is. So if the Federal Reserve made a bad business move a long time ago of, you know, taking out, you know, debt. Of lending billions, lending of dollars. billions of dollars to a bad to a bad person, and then the bad person didn't pay him back. I guess they're out of luck. They made a bad business decision. Never should have lent to that person in the first place. Now they just better write it off. That that debt isn't mine or yours nope. or Ian's or anybody's. That, uh, in fact, right. uh, the people from the Texas Nationalist Movement, which is Daniel Miller, they do an amazing job of promoting independence in Texas. They've been at this thing for like three decades now, so they they're the ones that have the most experience at doing this. He interviewed somebody from Scotland, and there's this like professor. His name is Matt Quartrup. It's spelled really funny, but it's like Q-V-O-R-T-R-U-P or something. Anyway, he's a professor, and he has he's like the world's foremost expert on independence movements. And there actually is one currently in, in Scotland that he's he's like a part of. And anyway, he's coming to the apparently he's coming to the U.S. to give a speech at some I think. Texas University, and hopefully we'll get some video of that when that when that happens. But Quartrip says that there's international law that says clearly that apparently they tried to change this, but they weren't able to. That if a state secedes from or a nation secedes from a, a larger nation, that they do not hold any liability for the larger nation's debt. So that's like a that's like a firm thing when it comes to international law if if you if you leave a larger union you do not hold the union's debt as a smaller piece of it now as a man that's alive and can fog up glass yep um i believe that i've done that uh just walked you know uh opted out of the united states i think we just need like 379 million more people doing the exact same thing yeah, you're never going to get that. But I, if you could get a small percentage of them to do it, and you could get a bunch of those people, if they love liberty, to move to New Hampshire, maybe you'd have a chance. There is well over 100 people I'm pretty pretty aware of in New Hampshire that have done that. They've done essentially the... Just opted uh, out. Well, the the process where they you know fill, get a passport application and put in explanatory mm-hmm. statement explaining they're not a federal you know, 14th Amendment United States citizen, and that they're claiming that they're a state national, essentially, of... New Hampshire and they're explicit in, you know, the organic, uh, you know, New Hampshire, not this, you know, legal fiction incorporation that was created in the 1880s under what's called the Libra codes. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, and, and, and well, the also girl from Porkfest says she got a passport without a social security number. Yeah. So I, well, I got a passport too, without a mm-hmm. social security number and they're like, you know, 
when I did the passport process, they rejected it three times, uh, two times. I had to redo it three huh. times. Uh, the first time they said, oh, the the guy, the the passport agent didn't sign it. And I actually had a photo of the guy um, with his signature on it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you go to the post office and the, and the guy signs mm-hmm. it. And then the second one, they were like, oh, you, you didn't furnish a social security number. And we put right in there. They have an affidavit that, that you were never, that you do not have a social security number. Right. And what a lot of people are doing when they do this particular process is one part of it is they're sending the social security number back, the social security number back to the uh, social security administration. And they also send a letter to the IRS saying, I'm not participating in your program anymore. Um, and if anybody wants to check that out, that's destinationfreedom.org. Uh, Christopher Gronsky is uh, you know, the guy's name who, who does that. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways... Uh, yeah, destinationfreedom.org. So quite simply with, um, you know, it's one great thing about New Hampshire is we got a lot of people uh, learning about this stuff, opting out of the system. And then you got like a lot of people who are just going to like, this is one guy in a chat group. He's constantly just whining about stuff. He's a, he's, he's a chronic whiner. Um, and, uh, I you know, I bring these things up about, um, you know, I'm not interested in being in a private member association, for example, with U.S. citizens. Mm. Uh, I would only be involved in some kind of organization or, 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 or association of people who are explicitly without the United States. And, you know, for example, that guy like throws a fit about that. Um, and, and a lot of people like his things, I'm just going to ignore them. Uh, you know, I'm and, and, and it's like, you know, you ignore Good bullies. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to keep coming back. But yeah. if you, you know, put them in their place and it's, you know, paperwork is, you know, a lot easier than, you know, fighting them um, physically or whatever. Uh, so, but you put bullies in their place and let them know you're not part of their system and you get it on a record. And then you do a Freedom of Inf- Information Act request with the State Department that you've opted out of this. So <clears throat> if the, if the, um, you go back to the international law is that when a state or a nation or a region or whoever, a group of a, a collective of people succeed from something they're not responsible for the debt uh that is probably one thing that you know Zelensky and you know the ukrainian corrupt government which is you know they have to be corrupt if they're in bed with the biden crime family mm-hmm. um, of course. you know so they're you if know, you're a president you pretty much have to be corrupt yeah yeah they're they're really pissed off that um the ludonsk and uh what's the other regional Donetsk. Donetsk. they've been you know literally bombing it shelling it mm-hmm since For 2014 yep. and then the people of of Ludensk and and Donsk uh you know they're like they vote to be part of Russia and and yep. then Russia's like all right we're coming to your defense you know there is no 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 Russian unprovoked ev- ev- invasion and now that you said that with the um so so this whole land none of these people are going to be subject to whatever debt you know the Ukraine the has yeah. and i'm sure with all this money that is coming from the international banking cartel you know, via the Federal Reserve, via the Biden crime family, who is now occupying, you know, the, the White House. Uh, I heard they're teeing up another ten billion this week. Oh, uh, well, so, so, week. so, so all that money is quite likely going to enslave the common people of Ukraine, mm-hmm. and Ukraine would really like to have probably that region that doesn't want to be part of Ukraine to further enslave. Of course, um, and you know, and I'm sure they're going to lose revenue, and, and 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 the Russians want those slaves for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. they, all governments are just you know conducting you know it's a slave war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, massive plantations. That's all these countries really right. are. 
And um, Russia wants to connect their plantation to the uh, Black Sea in this case. Sure. Right? And, you know, um, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick a slave master, I'd rather it be, you know, Putin, who's like, we need strong men and this woke culture is garbage than, you know, um, the, you know, the pedophiles uh, and no. Nazis running Ukraine. Uh, I mean, they're all they're all bad news. I mean, yes. both both Russia and Ukraine are two of the lower tier countries as far as economic freedom is concerned. Yep. It doesn't matter where bottom. you go; you're always going to have dirtbags floating yeah. to the top. That's that's where they gravitate towards. You know, yeah. there's there's never you're not going to find anybody. You know, if ever you're going to have anybody good in a position of power, it would be in the United States, and it would have been Ron Paul, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, Ron Paul was a fluke. Total fluke. That's all. I mean, how how that actually occurred wasn't just some sort of an amazing once in a lifetime kind of situation. Completely I guess you could say Massey's me. pretty decent as well. So sure. like, there's these rare flukes. Mm-hmm. But man, it, you're absolutely right. The more power there is, the more scum yep. is going to rise to it. So, so and with you know going back to um, you know the international law that says you can't subject you know these regions to the national debt that choose to break away. Uh, if you look at Article, I believe it's Article 4 or Section 4 of the 14th Amendment, says the validity of the debt shall not be challenged. Mm, mm-hmm. So, um, says, you know. I hereby challenge who. it. <laughs> <laughs> shall, shall not be challenged. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what you know what is that about? Um, so if, if an individual man or woman doesn't want to be uh, part of the United States, I feel that that would follow under uh, this same international law uh, as mm-hmm. a nation yeah. state or a whatever, because even like in the New Hampshire Constitution, it says uh, basically all power that resides in government comes directly from the people. Right? Sure. It says that in every constitution that I've ever read, you know. Yeah, they couldn't for- possibly obligate an individual to something they didn't actually agree to. As far as debt is uh, is concerned, we know they obligate you in a lot of ways by putting a gun to your head. But as far as a legitimate debt is concerned, somebody else can't sign on to a debt for you. It's just not a thing. I can't get you into debt. You know? Right, right. I can't put and, your signature on something. And, and and this whole scam with the Federal Reserve could easily be solved by a president. And there was a guy who attempted to do that. I believe his name was. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, mm. Uh, mm. you know, he did his executive order eleven eleven zero to essentially, um, I know, I, I don't remember all of it, but uh, an element of it was to uh, that the United States would borrow money if they borrowed money from the Federal Reserve, there'd be, be at no interest rate, and also he issued, he basically brought back uh, greenbacks. So this is why you'll see some nineteen sixty five or nineteen sixty four uh, silver certificates out there. Mm. Uh, I got a few of them. You know, they're little nice little collector things, and those silver certificates say on them "redeemable in lawful money" at United States Treasury or Federal Reserve Bank, and then it says "will pay to the bearer on demand five dollars in silver." In 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 silver, yes. Mm-hmm. And a dollar in silver back then was like an ounce, right? Well, a dollar in silver, according to the Coinage Act of eighteen forty six, is uh, uh, a coin containing ninety one hundredths. 99 fine silver and 10 one hundredths copper um, weighing uh, 300 and I believe 72 grains, which is about seven eighths of an ounce in total. Okay. So basically so close to it then close to three quarters of an ounce of silver of pure silver is in a Susan B. Anthony dollar, for example, mm-hmm. to where a, a silver eagle is, you know, uh, 31 is well is 31.1 grams 
uh, that makes it, you know, a, a troy ounce, not 28 grams, which is like, a, you know, an ounce of soda. Um, so the, uh, you know, that is a different measurement, but because of the coinage act, they, you know, made the 90% silver, 10% copper. So the, so the silver would wear. And then they also basically, so the guys minting the silver could make a little profit when they put it into circulation. Um, you know, it was a little less silver than an actual troy ounce. If you want to join the show in the discussion, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. I went to Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter profile here because she has been, uh, and I didn't realize she was tweeting so much. She has been tweeting a lot uh, about the idea of national divorce over the last couple of days. I was trying to find the actual quote uh, that she used recently that kind of got all this controversy started They did share it last night on the show, and essentially what it said was that she believes that the states should divorce by red and blue, and that the government should be, or the national government should be reduced in size, or something to that effect. Like I said, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but the way it sounded, it sounded as though she didn't really understand what a national divorce would be. She almost made it sound like that the federal government would still exist uh, in that in that case, now she apparently did appear on the Sean Hannity program recently to explain herself on this, and we may just go ahead and uh, and share some of that coming up here if it's if it's worth doing. I'll I'll check it out in a little bit, and we'll see if it's actually worth sharing that interview because I am curious to know exactly what it is she is proposing, and you can't just you can't just extrapolate what somebody means from a, a two hundred and eighty character tweet. You know, right. There's not a lot that you can really pull out of that. But there has been a lot of controversy that has sprung up within the conservative you know, side of things because she's a conservative uh, person. And a lot of these opinion leaders or influencers or whatever you want to call them on the conservative side have been going off against the idea of national divorce. Of course they have. Yeah. And so there's one character named Matt Walsh. And are you guys familiar with this? Sure, he's the what is a woman guy, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, So I actually found this guy, I don't know, maybe like a year or so ago. He got on my radar because there was some panel he was on. He made a comment that seemed to be in favor of secession. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'll follow this guy, right? Said something kind towards secession at the time, or at least that's the way. I don't remember exactly what it was. It's been more than a year and so I'll watch what this guy says. And he seems like a pretty like normal conservative guy, totally intolerant towards people who are different from him, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so then he weighs in on this national divorce thing. And here's what he had to say. Quote, I understand the national divorce idea, but it can't happen. And besides, I'm not surrendering half of my country to these people. I'd rather spend the rest of my life fighting with them than do that. I won't give them an inch, let alone two million square miles. Guys like Matt Walsh probably wouldn't have the money and the show they have without the controversy being created, right? Uh, essentially, because of this divide. So this is just like telling some parasite class, you know, government employee uh, that you're a free stater here in New Hampshire, and they like look at you like you're an a hole uh, because they know that if governments only the only thing government did was protect life, liberty, and property. They're not going to have a pension mm-hmm. because all these state employees, uh, not all of them, but most of the ones that I've known and, and that uh, <laughs> they all essentially live like 
drunken fishermen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing is usually fishermen's earnings aren't stolen from people at, with the threats of force. But what I say by a drunken fisherman, so I got guys my age, 43, who they have always have like, you know, brand new pickup truck, you know, a nice sports car, uh, a Harley, a snowmobile, a four wheeler, a bass boat, a, you know, really nice RV. And they make big money working for the government. Even TJ Despy talked about this. These guys are making like two, three hundred thousand dollars a year working for, you know, like the NSA and stuff. But they're spending all of that money and they're basically depending on that retirement when they're done. We're going to continue here uh, with more because this Matt Walsh has basically the same opinion that a lot of people on the left do about national divorce. And we'll share more with you. You can share your thoughts with us coming up here in Hour 2. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Matt, and Jay in the studio here tonight. Uh, National divorce is once again in the news, and it's thanks to this hard right-wing MAGA Republican lady, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She has been talking publicly about the idea of national divorce. Uh, She was on Sean Hannity recently. I actually watched the clip during the news break there and it's not really worth playing but just to summarize it for you hannity is actually being kind of nice to her about it in this in this clip he's kind of fielding her some softball questions uh about national divorce so he's not as being as negative as i would have expected a mouthpiece like that to to do she is uh, putting forward these ideas, and she even suggested that the you know the national divorce movement is much larger than people in D.C. might even realize that it is. So hopefully we're going to see more discussion about this. She has definitely set off people uh, within the conservative opinion community, including this Matt Walsh character who uh, said that he understands national divorce, but it can't happen. And that he's, besides, not surrendering half of his country to these people, he says. He'd rather spend the rest of his life fighting with them, he says, than do that. And this is the exact same opinion that I received when I went down after the 2016 election when Trump was elected. I went down to the protests that was going on in Keene Central Square where some number of liberal types were holding anti-Trump signs. And you remember when that happened, right? There was a lot of protests after Trump got elected. Yep. And I said, I'm going to take some flyers because I've had these New Hampshire Independence flyers for the last decade thanks to the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. I like to pass those out at various different events and, and such. So I got my New Hampshire Independence flyers together and I went down there to the protest because I thought, what better time to talk to some people on the left about independence than when right now. the hated guy uh, got elected? Surely there will be some open minds to the idea of independence at this uh, at this event. Nope. And there were. No, no, no. There Was were. there? Some of the younger people uh, were, were open to hearing about the idea. That's interesting. They took, they took flyers. But the older people, not so much. And one of the guys that I spoke with, an older gentleman, I don't know, maybe in his 60s or something like that. Uh, he used the exact same excuse that Matt Walsh did. Said, "Well, why don't you just support, you know, saying goodbye to Trump and the the right wingers and having more 
you know, ability to do what you want to do and not have to fight with these people. I will fight until the day I die to take back our country. You know, the whole thing is the exact same talking point. These people love the idea of forcing their viewpoint down the throats of their political opposition. Instead and, of just walking away. Right. Instead of walking away and having a society that more meets their viewpoint. Right. They want to absolutely coerce people who are dis, you know, who disagree with them into obeying their their diktats. And it's a sick cycle of abuse because none of them wants to to go out while they're not on top. And of course when they're on top, they don't want to go out. Right. So they if they're being oppressed by the other side, well, then they want to fight back so they can take over the, the power structure, turn the tables and then start forcing their views on the side that's currently forcing their view. You know, yeah, and like, you know, a lot about a lot about stuff like that is always idiosyncratic to a lot of people. Like you said, if you just walk away, you'd end up getting the society you're actually trying to get in the first place. Or you get a lot more, a lot you closer, get closer to, to it. it. Yeah. And the same, you know, I was on, I was in a conversation uh, with somebody online, and they're saying they're talking about how New Hampshire doesn't have a minimum wage, and it's awful. And by the way, they voted down the proposal to uh, to create a minimum wage in New Hampshire that that got voted down, I think, today. Oh, good. Yeah. Again, thank God. And, and there is a minimum wage. It's like twenty five bucks an hour right now. Yeah, well, you mean you're set not going to earn market. less than twenty? Yeah, you mean set by the marketplace, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a marketplace minimum. It's a you know the hidden hand minimum wage, not a. That's not for a skilled labor. You're still looking at probably fifteen for uh, 15, for unskilled. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen bucks at McDonald's. Yeah, it's no a- McDonald's in Hillsborough. Uh, I talked about this last week. Kid I talked to was making twenty two bucks an hour Are there. You kidding me? He, he, wow, I, that's what he told me. That's amazing. And he said uh, they offered him twenty five to stay, and he ended up working a few more weeks at twenty five dollars an hour, just because he you know because they were really low on staff until they got someone else in there. Yeah. And, he, and he just wanted to go work at the tire shop across the street, and he actually took a pay cut. Well, I've still seen, uh, like, Dunkin' Donuts and uh, all the grocers here, they're still shooting at, like, 16 15 on their advertising. So That's, that's twice minimum wage still. It's twice sure. and change. Yeah. Well, that's what the socialists have been pushing for for so many years is the fight for 15 Well, there it is. There you it go. Happened on, you know, well, on now, no, no, they're up in that now. They want to do the fight, the fight for twenty. Of course they do. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're such morons. But but what they don't what they don't understand is if these people like in this in this state, you know, it, everywhere, if you just walk away from the problem, like that is not a that's not even a fight worth fighting. The fight for fifteen, it's a stupid fight. If you go away and you just open up the markets, you know, New Hampshire has fairly free markets, and if you allow them to be. You're going to have strict competition for labor. Oh, big time right and now. And people are going to have to pay in order to have labor. I want to go to the phones here. Uh, we got a caller on the line. You are on the air on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, it's Joa. Joa, what's up, dude? Uh, not much. I was uh, wanted to share a story about a man in Cohasset, uh, Massachusetts. Uh, and, you know, the funny thing is that people were wondering how, you know, we would pay for schools if it wasn't for government. Well, I think this guy figured it out. Unfortunately, <laughs> okay. he he got arrested. Oh, man. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. It, it's right up your alley. Uh, this guy was uh, uh, mining crypto in a, uh, a space in the basement of a school, a middle school. And, uh, yeah, apparently it was illegal and using a lot of electricity. And he, I did check out the story because you'd sent it to me earlier today. This guy worked for 
the school. So it wasn't like a student or something had snuck down in the basement and set up a, a Bitcoin miner. This guy was actually right. on the staff, so he had access to this crawl space, basically, and he set up a series. They showed like the the police seizure photo where My it shows God. all the stuff they, they, they seized, and it looked like, I don't know, 10 to 12 Bitcoin miners this guy had rolling. Wow. A lot of money, like, electricity. He's probably, you know, heating the place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how they detected it. Like, why is this floor warm? And then they went down and checked it out. Uh, so, yeah, he's facing criminal charges for this. I think they charged him with, like, vandalism of the school and unauthorized yeah. something or other. And he's got a warrant out right now because he didn't show up to his arraignment or something. Oh, wow. Damn. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe he hit the road. He's never coming back to, uh, to Massachusetts. <laughs> Uh, but like I, I look at it as like that was very libertarian of him as long as he gave it back, you know he was you know funding the school with it. Uh, why would he want to give it back to them? I mean, <laughs> well, screw I'm them. And like, it wasn't necessarily consensual. That's not his. Yeah, but it's a you know who cares? I mean, it's it's not anybody's <laughs> property. It's stolen property at that point. You might as well use I the mean, damn true. electricity. But I don't, th- I don't see that he like, did anything wrong. I mean, if you no, if you manage to plug a Bitcoin miner in the city hall and throw it up in the in the ceiling, good for you. There's so many yeah, kids who running, you know, who like a, a UMass in their dorm room. They got like three Bitcoin miners running, <laughs> and they got the air conditioner cranked, and <laughs> might as well. I mean, if somebody else is paying the electric bill. Hey, uh, Joe, anything else you want to share tonight? No, nope, that's it. Thank you Thanks, very much, man. Appreciate it. Let's go to this caller. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, and it's Frank from Michigan. Frank, what's on your mind tonight? Ian, I'm surprised at you. I can't believe that you are promoting stealing. Even if it's from the government, uh, stealing electricity from the government doesn't seem to be very libertarian. But that's not why I call. Well, everything they have is already stolen, so you're just reappropriating it for yourself. Okay, so no hold barred then. All right, gotcha. I want to talk about your case. Before that, um, do you have any, ever have any contact with Sam Dodson, your old buddy that moved to Texas? Uh, you ever hear yeah, from him? Yeah, Sam's doing up? great. He's uh, he's hosting a regular streaming show, and what is his username? I think it's To the Lifeboats. Uh, oh no, I think he changed it, or he got banned from Twitter a couple of times, and then in this recent Elon Musk Twitter takeover, they did unban his account. And I will see if I can find out what it is for you. It is Green. Eggs and Sam. The username is at Ham Eggs and Sam. The letter N. Ham Eggs and Sam is his username. He's got like thirty three thousand followers, wow. and uh, his his live streams get thousands of, of viewers. So he's doing a lot better than we are. Actually, Sam's doing great. Why do you ask? All right, sounds just good. curious. I'll definitely look him up. Uh, I, I always liked him uh, when he would be a guest on your show or whatever. Yeah, I miss nice Sam. Guy. He's a really talented guy. I hope that we can get him back up here someday, as well as all the wonderful activists that we've lost over yeah, it was the years partially his videos that got me here absolutely dude's uh, an amazing uh, media talent so what else uh just real quick about your case if you can talk about it um i know you're going uh for sentencing in april right uh that's correct yeah um what was the most serious I, you were convicted of six charges i believe what was the most eight. serious oh eight okay my bad some kind of fraud or something? What was the most serious charge? No, there was no fraud. Uh, they dropped all the wire fraud charges prior to the trial, and the uh, the charges that were the largest sentences were the so-called money laundering charges. So there was one where they had an undercover officer who claimed to be a heroin dealer who I refused to sell Bitcoin to that then went to use a Bitcoin vending machine in the area, and they are calling that money laundering 
Um, even though I told him that I couldn't authorize him to do that, uh, he went ahead and did it anyway, and they charged me with that. And then there was another one that they hit me with, uh, which was conspiracy to money launder, where they say that uh, just basically because some scam artists were on the internet who managed to victimize some people, and then those victims came and bought Bitcoin from me, uh, that I should have known that they were being scammed somehow, and that because I, they say they think that I knew, uh, you know, because of that, they argued that it was a conspiracy with those scam artists, even though there was never any kind of actual communications uh, between me and the scam artists. They never, you know, had a shred of evidence of anything like that because nothing like that exists. Uh, but just because I didn't know, or like, you know, there's this thing called willful ignorance, apparently. And of course, that's, in my opinion, it's ridiculous because I was checking these people. I was talking to these people. I asked them a series of uh, you know, probing questions in like many cases. Like you're supposed to. And got their IDs and, you know, gave them plenty of opportunity to, you know, realize that they were being a victim of a scam. But, you know, they they were telling lies to me to trick me, basically, into doing you know, these sales to them. Uh, but you know, none of my none of my points apparently uh, set with the jury, so they found me guilty of those. And those are twenty year uh, maximum sentences. Both of those charges. Did you testify? Uh, I did. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so just real quick, can you tell me, like, did you have like a, a like a Bitcoin vending machine, or how did that work exactly? Uh, the Shire Free Church, which is my church, had four different Bitcoin vending machines in New Hampshire. Okay, so people come and just can go to this machine and buy Bitcoin. What does that have to do with you, other than the fact that you are kind of like the leader of the church? Uh, I was the one running that program, so I was the one I mean, handling. But did they have to like talk to you and get your approval, that kind of thing? Is that is that what they're claiming? Because because you approved the, the sales that you were. No, no, no. The Bitcoin vending machines were privacy respecting, and I also sold Bitcoin on Local Bitcoins, which is a website. So you could sell Bitcoins directly online to interested parties. And that was one of the other arguments they basically were saying is that the reason why they think that I had a conspiracy with money launderers or with uh, wire fraudsters to money launder for them was because I announced that I respected privacy. And so therefore, because I announced that I respect people's privacy, therefore, that was an invitation, according to them, to have scam artists come and uh, and buy from me, which is ridiculous. But it's you know the whole I, argument the federal government's making here is that privacy is a crime. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they so, that's so, what they believe that the bit that the jury believed. Without you know we don't know what the jury actually believed, but that's the that's what they think the the prosecutor. So the vending machine wasn't the problem. It was the sales that you made. No, it was all the, the above. Service. They they hate it all. Everything. Yeah, they hate oh. any kind of privacy. Uh, and anybody that's doing privacy-related things is a criminal to them. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you giving me the information. I, I wasn't clear on exactly what, what, what the gist of it was. but Yeah, uh, if you want more you. info, you can go to thecrypto6.com. I don't know if the trial details are there or if they're linked there. It's not my website. Uh, but Chris Wade, who's our Friday night co-host, was at the trial every single day. He took exhaustive level of notes. And so if you want to read his trial notes... You can go to freekeen.com and it'll go through, like I said, there's beyond a transcript, which we will have eventually at some point, which I'm not looking forward to seeing how much that costs. Uh, but uh, beyond ha actually having the transcript, Chris's notes are probably the closest thing you're going to get. So those are gotcha. freekeen.com. The, the judge that oversaw the trial is the sentencing judge as well, I assume? That's correct. And you were, and did, you, did I hear you say that he, you thought he was pretty fair? 
I did, yeah, and and uh, I said that during the trial and and before the trial as well. Like in my observation, he seemed to be fairly thoughtful. He seemed to be pretty fair, at least as far as the objections during the trial. He seemed to hand them out both to both he sides. He was playing word games with cryptocurrency, calling it funds. Well, unfortunately, he was basing that opinion on other judges' opinions. Uh, that's something that I intend that we're going to be challenging in the appeal. Uh, but there are other federal judges who have determined in other cases that Bitcoin is quote-unquote funds. So he was citing those other judges who also don't know what they're talking about uh, in that particular case. So yeah, that, that was uh, certainly an, an issue we had with, with this, this particular judge, but all of the federal judges are going to say that. Because they want to, yeah. you know, that benefits the federal government, right? Like mm-hmm. the Bitcoin is whatever the federal government wants it to be in the given moment. So the IRS thinks that Bitcoin is a commodity. So it's a commodity. And the judges think it's funds in the cases you know, the SEC thinks it's uh, securities, right? So it's a security and it's funds and it's like all these things. And of course, reality is Bitcoin is just math. Bitcoin is just freedom of speech. That's what Bitcoin is. It's just a language. Yeah. Did that answer your question? But, uh, but just yeah. to, to go a little further on the judge, he was handing out the objections to both sides pretty pretty evenly. So like he wasn't taking one side over the other. I would say, and so I you know that was nice having having heard all the horror stories about some of the federal judges out there, like in the Ross Ulbricht case, where that lady wouldn't even let them put a defense on. Uh, this guy, you know, he gave us pretty pretty wide latitude to put on the case that we wanted to put on. Uh, we got to call all the witnesses we, you know, wanted to call that sort of thing. So he didn't like shut down things before they happened, that kind of thing. So yeah, gotcha. And do you know what the sentencing guideline range is? Has that been calculated? I don't know, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I know that the the feds said at the when I was found guilty, they said that the maximum would be like twenty years or something. And I've heard rumor that they're going to ask for eight. That's what apparently they're telling the media, but I don't, I don't know. And it's and it really doesn't matter ultimately because uh, the judge can sentence outside of the guidelines if he wants to. So if he wants to sentence higher, he can sentence higher. If he wants to sentence lower, he can sentence lower. True, but uh, he has to he has to provide a reason, a compelling reason to deviate. Um, okay, you, know, you sound like you know a lot about the court system. Are you? Do you work as an attorney or something? I'm a parole agent, uh, parole probation agent in the state of Michigan. Uh, uh, so I know okay. a bit about, you know, state law more. And yeah. I don't deal with the parole, but um, and a lot of similarities. So. Well, we are still accepting letters. Uh, so if you feel like writing a letter on my behalf, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com and you get all the details there on, on what you can do. All right. Well, I wish you good luck. Thanks. I appreciate the call tonight. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603 283 Six one six zero and yeah, uh, Sam Dodson, former co-host. Looks like he's got a website. To the lifeboats dot com is. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that domain's for sale. <laughs> he doesn't have a website. It's listed on his uh, his Twitter account. So I, I think he just. I think he just streams on Twitter. Uh, I don't know, maybe Twitch or something else like that. But yeah, he's he's been. He was talking about COVID and all kinds of stuff. He's still he's still with us. He's still on our side. So kudos to uh, to Sam, miss that guy. Uh, if you want to join the show here, 603-283-6160. Uh, if you guys could bring somebody back to New Hampshire, you know, who's the first person that, that comes to mind? Somebody who's somebody who's left over the years. And you're like, man. Dodson would be have, yours? We ought to have that guy back. I mean, Dodson's definitely one of them, for sure. Derek J. Derek, Derek J. J. Yep. Derek yeah. J. 
Derek J for yeah, sure. Yeah, he had to leave, unfortunately, due to the uh, the FBI crackdown on crypto here in New Hampshire. Can't blame them for that at all. Yeah, they beat on their door for six straight hours. Harassed that the morning. hell out of them guys. Followed them everywhere. Yeah, you didn't know that? I haven't had a chance yeah, to talk to him, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the morning of the raid, the FBI was at Stephen and, and uh, Derek's house beating on the door, and they really? just refused to answer the door. Wow. No, I had not heard that story. Yeah, they wanted to talk to him. They said, well, we don't want to talk to you. Right. <laughs> Good move. Mm-hmm. All right. So we were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, the, uh, this lady who is in the, uh, the U.S. House, and she spoke out recently in favor of national divorce. A lot of the people on the right are in... Uh, conflict over this because certainly some of them can see the benefit to the idea of hey look if your goal was to create this kind of right-wing theocratic uh, society with all your rules about you know who you can have sex with or whatever it is that the right wing wants then if you could accomplish that by just saying goodbye to the federal government why wouldn't you want to it seems like a no-brainer well but some of these people they want to fight yeah, because they want to have ultimate power. They want to rule people. This is the um, sort of the mentality of the parasite class. The career parasites do not want to give up, you know, their um, their benefits that they get, their paycheck, their uh, their power that they feel they deserve over their neighbors. Well, and I think you touched on this before, Jay, is that these guys that want to have the constant conflict between them and the left, like this Matt Walsh character yep. who says he's not going to surrender half my country to these people and would rather spend the rest of his life fighting, that fight for him is what puts dinner on the table, yep. right? That's that's why people watch him. He's yeah, got what's a, Matt Walsh worth? I don't know, but he's got I mean, 100,000 or like hundreds of thousands of followers on social media, so probably worth something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if he's the equivalent of, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, they just had a big uh, spat with um, uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, outfit there, I forget his name. Daily Wire. Oh, uh, da- Crowder. 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 So yeah. they offered him like a 12 50 million. million. Oh, 50? 50. 5 zero? I think it was, maybe it was 15. I, I, heard, it, I, would, I heard it was oh, 50. I thought it was 50. I thought it was 5 Where's an outfit like that getting 50 million? Whatever. I, it, no I think idea. it was over a several year period. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So it was like fifteen or or twelve million per year. I, twelve mm-hmm. million sticks in my head. I don't. Really, I can't believe they're making major league baseball money in order to be able to pay. Yeah, it's crazy. Like in that. Yeah. It, well, anyway, so like Matt Walsh has got to be, uh, you know, he's so, up there, sort of yeah. with Crowder, and for Daily Wire to offer these guys millions of dollars a year for you know, whatever their talent, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, uh, they're making big money. Uh, right. These guys, from what I can tell, you got to have an enemy, and yeah, and 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 the controversy is, you know, is the thing, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this whole uh, with with and with Marjorie, uh, with MTG, uh, saying divide states, um, uh, the problem isn't really with states; it's sort of city versus rural. And when we come back in the next uh, segment, I would kind of like to lay out how I think our culture has gotten divided mm. yeah we can definitely get into that and the thing is it's short-sighted on this guy's part because it's like the the belief that conflict would go away after a national divorce is ridiculous you're, then you're just going to have the conservatives fighting with the other conservatives over how their conservative state's going to go because you know that people are never going to agree on everything yes a conservative nation would certainly be more like what they're looking for but then they're going to be fighting over all the like kind of like how the libertarians are always infighting over stupid crap constantly well, those things will then become your national issues that People are, you know, undercutting one another over and fighting and backstabbing over. Uh, There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. Yeah! 
It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open. If you want to join us here, the number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you. We have our own social media uh, platform. It's a Mastodon system. You go to social.freetalklive.com. Mastodon means it's open source. It's self-hosted. It is what they call federated, so it's connected with other Mastodons, thousands of them, I presume, all around the planet. Unless, of course, they've chosen not to connect with us because they can break that connection. And then you can't find those people and they can't find our people. And that's okay because usually the ones that want to break up with us, well, you don't want to talk to them anyway. Um, We've never broken up with anybody, but I know there's definitely some of them out there who they have us on a list of Oh, these people have too much freedom. You can't, we can't let you see what's on that server. So you go to social.freetalklive.com and you will have more freedom to express yourself there than you will on, say, Facebook or Twitter, some other mega big tech, uh, big media corporation platform. I am eight days into my permanent Facebook ban and it feels fantastic. Have you replaced it with something else? No, I have um, my work Facebook account. So I check that mm-hmm. for work purposes. And Are you spending as much time on the nowhere work Nowhere near. Nowhere Are near. you finding yourself more productive yes. without the other account? Okay, yes, good. it feels yeah. so good. It was an instant like raise in productivity for me the uh, next day. It, it, incalculable. I, I feel so good now. Yeah, I can good. just, you know, I'll sit and do my thing. And, That's you what know. I like to hear. Oh. Congratulations. Thank you. Eight whole days. Eight days. All right. Yeah. I think I'm on five years now. That's fantastic. I remember yeah. when you did it. It was a great, I mean, what a good, yeah. I remember when you did it. I was so surprised. Uh, I know you got more comments, uh, Jay, on this whole national divorce thing. We're going to get into that, but Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Go ahead, Chuck. A couple of things. Yes, sir. Uh, I keep hearing these clicks on the phone, just so you know. So uh, uh, It's every, a phone line. Uh, I mean, sometimes that happens. All communications well, are being tapped. Just know that. <laughs> every single one of them, there's a... There's a place in somewhere in the West that they use a billion gallons of water a day. Oh, yeah, the Utah um, facility Utah, for the NSA. Yeah. Yeah. And um, convince the state to shut them off. You know, you, you, we hear the commercials. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, like Economic Freedom Foundation or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so all communications are being data mind and then when red flags pop up it goes into a queue and somebody actually ai is probably sorting all uh, everything probably out by now. now yeah so they can just super efficiently just take every single communication you know when your phone's on uh in your pocket and you're talking to your friend it's being probably data mind um you might as well oh, figure good. that it is yeah. yeah even if it isn't it probably yeah consider you're under be, being uh, surveilled and if certainly can, if you call us you're good. being surveilled yeah, if they can do yeah. it they are I hope I'm I hope I'm uh, a gold mine for somebody, you know. <laughs> All right. At least I'm doing my part. What were you calling Marjorie about tonight? Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie yes. Taylor Green. You know, mm-hmm. first I wanted when I first learned about Marjorie Taylor Green from the northwest part of Georgia there, I was like, wow, they elected a trans woman there. I was <laughs> really but then I figured, oh my god, it's not a trans woman, it's just a, an obnoxious a lady that has a lot to say about nothing. I mean, uh Look, if we're talking about a national divorce, I think that what we're really talking about here is this is a manifestation of Marjorie Taylor Greene's insecurity about her own divorce and her attempt to uh, uh, bury the whole idea of um, the whole fact that she got a divorce from her husband back in 2022 
and maybe that's trying to, uh, you know, her weak attempt to uh, bury that whole story with her divorce because that. Why would anyone care about her divorce? Christian. Well, I mean, uh, her voters. I mean, she's not the. Uh, oh, because uh, she's a good Christian woman or something, and she's right, not supposed to get a divorce. Right. You can't. Yeah, do well, that. whatever. I mean, she's, she's I don't know if this. Help. I don't she's know if her taking help. this particular position. He just dropped off the line. Uh, I don't know if her taking this particular position is going to uh, do that, or if that was what her intention was. But I don't care. I mean, the fact is, she's bringing attention to the issue of national divorce, and whether you like that terminology or not, I, I have to. I kind of agree with. Uh, I think it's Bob Murphy. He's a libertarian econo- uh, economist. He's pointing out that he's not a big fan of the terminology national divorce. It's like we generally, those of us who support independence, aren't looking for a bunch of states to join the Red Federation and a bunch of states to join the Blue Federation. Right. I mean, that might be a step in the right direction, but it ain't a big step in the right direction. I don't yet. think it's even a good step in the right yeah. direction, considering that there's all kinds of people from all kinds of you know, belief systems and, and things that are all over the place that you can't, you know, just because you break off a red state doesn't mean it's all red state people that live there. Well, there's that, but also, like, I'd rather see 50 different uh, divorces instead sure. of two, right? So the more choices that people have, the better off we're all going to be. Because, as you know, we pointed out, the conservatives are going to argue with one another over whatever their conservative disagreements and issues are. That's a guarantee. The liberals are going to argue over how best to implement their socialist programs as well. There's going to be schisms there. Mm -hmm. So there should be a different set of liberals living in California than live in Oregon, than live in, you know, Washington, than live in Massachusetts, and let them all, you know, spread out to the places that are most like them. Anyway, Jay, you wanted to comment on this. Uh, I don't know if it was the culture war, the terminology yeah. that you used, but go ahead. It, well, first off, I want to comment on this caller here that just you know said that Marjorie Taylor Greene was a um, trans whatever. So She does look kind of manly. Well, she's kind of jacked because she, <laughs> she, she's been a construction worker. Oh, is that she's right? She's like, you know, got calluses on her hands. You know, she's like the real deal when it comes to, you know, someone... She's actually the kind of individual I think. She's actually had a real job, unlike correct. a lot of the people in Congress. Her, her, she grew up in a construction company. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, <clears throat> then this this is a cultural thing too. So my observation is is that a lot of the the cultural we'll call left right now the the people who you know were more than happy to put on a mask and just do what government says, uh, the kind of people who respond very well to fear. Um, and Ernie Hancock and I we've had a lot of discussion about fear uh ernie's always like you know don't be a feared Mm -hmm. uh is what he likes to say and anyways the him and i were talking one day while we were working on something ernie spent a lot of time at my place just you know building his bus and doing projects together and he's like what's the opposite of fear love well i said competence Hmm. and in order to have competence you must first have confidence so low confidence people um are going to beg for government to protect them. Mm. And and these are also the kind of people who respond very well to fear and sort of have a lemming mentality. Now, um, this... So we have exceptions... Let's be clear. Those people exist on the conservative side, too. Oh, absolutely. There's plenty of them that were yep. putting masks on, and a lot of them yep. want to have the police protect them yep. and the yep. military sure. and the whole sure. thing. There's a lot of low-confidence people on mm-hmm. both sides of the aisle. Yeah. So... Getting back to this, what creates a low confidence individual? Well, so let me. I'm I'm going to be a little um, all over the place here. Uh, just, just 
I'll, I'll get we'll try it to rein you in. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so Marjorie Taylor Greene is a pretty good example of what I do know about her, which is I could be wrong on some of this, but her father owned a construction company. I've heard her talk about, you know, working a construction company and stuff. Okay. Uh, so you have essentially people who like, um, you know, grow up in the cities and yep. they're in and as they right after conception, they're growing in their mom's womb, you know, as a baby and whatever isn't toxins are in mom's environment are going to be introduced right into that baby. Uh, in fact, sure. um, a lot of the reasons that uh, women have miscarriages the first time they get pregnant, especially when they're older, is from from what I understand and I haven't like read this in a medical journal. This is just talking around a campfire with people. Uh, that that placenta basically, at, when it, the first first one will be just all the heavy metals and the toxins that you have accumulated mm-hmm. and inherited, because you will inherit heavy metals and toxins from your mom. Uh, basically, go into that placenta, and it actually is a way of you know getting rid of a bunch of heavy metals. Uh, if that is BS, somebody please tell me. Okay. But that's what I understand. So when you're, um, you know, developing in utero, utero in a city and your mom is consuming products like all the government subsidized food, for example. So since 1984, they've been, for example, spraying Roundup, mm-hmm. which is uh, has a chemical in it called glyphosate. Glyphosate is a mineral inhibitor. And when you consume genetically modified Roundup ready food products, you actually consume some of this mineral inhibitor called glyphosate in fact the glyphosate can be traced in like the glyphosate in a bag of doritos is off the chart hmm. it's really bad and all all the high fructose corn syrup it's 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 found in there so soy and, what about oh, soy yeah, soy is very much roundup mm-hmm. ready tons of, of roundup is sprayed on soy um cotton and you know the biggest in, people are like oh people don't eat cotton but women use cotton for a uh, uh, menstrual product tampons mm-hmm. yeah uh, and this is you have um, so you have all these chemicals and then you have a whole bunch of environmental other all kinds of environmental chemicals. But like when you're in a city and and you're not and you're buying food from the grocery store, most of that food is basically contaminated as far as I can tell it all government. The way you get a government subsidy on food is you have to use Monsanto growing practices. The fertilizer that's you that that is required to use is synthetic fertilizer. Um, yeah, but then, most people are buying groceries at the store, even if they're living in rural areas. I mean, there's more well, people buying. They, uh, from, well, so this is one yeah. compound. Okay. This is compounding layers. So if you're in a city, you're you're breathing poor air, especially like a lot of these big, mag- like L.A., for example, has mm-hmm. really poor air. And I've never even been to L.A. Denver. I actually, have. It's awful. Actually, I, I've seen a smog in Denver. I've been there. There's been times in Denver where like your eyes are burning because. Wow. Um. It just happens to be a day where, like, the wind's not carrying the smog mm-hmm. away. Um, it's actually cleaner now than it was. But uh, and when I do remember my eyes burning years ago in Denver, wow. it was pretty scary. And my, like, you know, hacked up stuff later on that day. That was kind of scary. Uh, and then you have the water. So a lot of the water in your municipal water supplies is fluoridated, um, fluoridated uh, chlorinated. Uh, oh, I can't remember the thing about fluoride, but basically there was uh, fluoride. There's a story... Uh, from the 50s, how fluoride that they put in water was a byproduct of the, the Manhattan Project and, depl- you know, it was all nuclear waste, uranium. right? Yeah, uranium or plutonium or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Jersey's like totally destroyed with all the fluoride from the Manhattan Project. That's sort of the articles about all the farmland and stuff. Uh, it used to be Garden State, 
basically no longer is. It's the garbage uh, state. Yes. Uh, well, it's the. <laughs> it's what they call it. Plutonium de- depleted uranium plutonium state, mm. uh, basically. So, anyways, uh, and then you're also in the water. You're consuming like um, um, almost all these big cities have like surface water. So, so uh, when you consume surface water. Uh, anything upstream of that, like septic systems, municipal discharge, there's all kinds of synthetic hormones. So you got people that like are on birth control. Uh, there's all those synthetic hormones that don't break down in nature. Um, there and and they're finding them in basically the drinking water. You also have um the hormones that they're giving to uh the cows, the chickens, um mm-hmm. you know the pigs, uh pork, the other white meat was just propaganda because they were started raising pigs in ca- captivity. You know, 4,000 hogs in like a 12-acre barn on concrete, not getting any sun. Mm. Keep them the perfect temperature, the perfect humidity. Four and a half months, you've got a market hog, and that hog's been fed the cheapest government-subsidized, Roundup-ready, you know, laced, Mm -hmm. chemical, whatever, feed. And so now these pigs are anemic, so that's why pork is white. So, like, you you guys see the the pork that I produce, for example, and Bardo Farm produces. Well, our pigs are on dirt, actually, and we got good dirt in New Hampshire. It's a lot of red dirt here. Mm -hmm. There's iron in it. And pigs need iron. Hmm. Uh, so we have, like, I, I when I'm cooking at Pork Fest, I'm cooking, like, a country-style rib. People are like, what kind of steak is that? <laughs> like, That's pork. I've never seen pork that red. And I tell people the mm. story about, you know, mm. uh, the white meat propaganda. Uh, pork, the other white meat That's propaganda. That's why pork, the other white meat, is white. because they're anemic? Yep. I did not know that. Yes. That's interesting. Uh, factory farming. That's so, and factory horrible. farming can't happen without government-subsidized farming practices. Mm-hmm. So, anyways... You have all these layers, so you got all the synthetic chemicals. You got a, a you got a a, a a baby in utero that's developing, and it's it's getting all this stuff. And then the baby's born, and now the baby's giving, you know, since 1986 has been given, I don't know, 40 something vaccines in 1986. Mm. Now it's like 72 vaccines. You know, there uh, is no crazy. safe vaccine. Um, bottom line. Also, and then the kid uh, is growing up in this environment, so. So when you're developed in an environment that is just full of toxins, mom's consuming toxins unknowingly. I mean, most people have no idea about this. They're just trying sure. to pay the taxes, you know, uh, go to work, you know, pay off their school debt or right. go to college for their you know entire brain development years. And uh, <clears throat> so then the kid is is, um, you know, out and born out in the environment, gets loaded up with a whole bunch of vaccines. Uh, so, you know, about. 25 about 20 years ago you started getting some form of high-speed internet in the cities Mm -hmm. uh one of the things that's been happening as long as high-speed internet's been available is parents um and mostly single moms have been using internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters Mm -hmm. so now you have this toxic environment that uh and all the toxins that the the baby's been exposed to uh now the baby a, a lot of these kids are being um uh programmed I call it imprinted. So when a horse is first born, we do what's called imprinting. So we take and pick up the horse's feet. We put tack on the horses. We put blanks on them. We uh, blankets on them. We trim. We run the the clippers all along their face and by their eyes and their ears. Makes it more docile for later on. Basically. Every day when they're first born for like a week, you do these things and mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. When that horse is an adult and fifteen hundred pounds, you can do all these things. They're to used them. to it. They don't care. Yeah. Um, and you're saying all this stuff is done before they even set foot in the government indoctrination. Camp. Right. And no, that's, that's what I was getting to next. So you the have cherry on top right so, there. So, so you have the Internet. Um, you know, the, the kid's brain is 90 percent developed by the time they're six years old. Mm-hmm. So now you have this high speed Internet uh, where they're like um, one of the examples is you see a lot of people who are um, 
you know, millennials, for example, that, you know, bounce around and they act like an animated character. Well, when you have a lot, <laughs> just like on, you know, YouTubers or whatever, or uh-huh. just people in general is kind of the way they act. And then you have the whole, like, I'm a furry, I'm a cat, um, mm. you know, I don't know what gender I am, you know. And so I believe, uh, you know, big tech is certainly programming uh, the children right from a very young age as soon as they can get to them. Uh, a tablet is, like, almost for free, uh, especially cheap, if you yeah. want to get, you know, welfare from the state and, you know, fill out all the paperwork as a single mom. It's really easy to get all of these, mm-hmm. you know, daddy government benefits. And They're even giving tablets out in prison now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, uh, but the, the tablets to the developing brains are really, really detrimental to the kids. Mm-hmm. So their brains are actually wired totally different. A kid that grows up, you know, develops looking at an internet device. Sure, versus for, going outside and playing or versus, whatever, right? you know, one that's sort of grown up Amish style. Uh, so then you have... Have they actually compared the, the brains? Like, have they actually got an Amish kid and a uh, city I, kid together? Because it'd be really interesting. That would be know. interesting. That would yeah. be a good one, though. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely some studies. There was an Apple whistleblower that uh, Apple conducted a study of three to five year olds. And this guy whistleblowed in 2013 to like Congress or something. And he was saying that the dopamine hit that a developing brain gets a three to five year old from in- interacting with a Internet device is so extreme that if a developed brain of an adult was to get such a dopamine hit from, say, uh, a narcotic, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't remember what narcotic he said, whether it was heroin or cocaine, but would would result in an overdose, wow. uh, uh, most likely death. Uh, but all the bunch of scientists and psychologists and all kinds of people are calling um, basically internet devices electronic cocaine, digital cocaine. It stimulates mm-hmm. the very same part of the brain. So now you got uh, like you have whole generations of young men who have been gaming ever since they can particular ever since they can game. You know, I mm-hmm. don't know what age you can game at. I watch a poor I was little, playing the Nintendo when I was probably six or seven or something in the uh, 80s. In 1986, we got a Nintendo when I was yeah. six years old. And like I didn't put many hours on it. I didn't care about, you know, it was stupid. I wanted to go, you know, get in the mud and do, do stuff at the, at the farm. Um but uh, you got a lot of people who've been, you know, a lot of boys have been playing these these games since they're three, four, five years old. I, you know, I saw a kid the other a uh, couple weeks ago. He's uh, three years old, and he had a PlayStation something or another, and he mm-hmm. was just hammering away at it, um, playing some. I don't know what the game was, some car game. Yeah. And uh, so then you got all these people that are essentially being programmed, you know, to be drone operators for the military, and mm-hmm. they love this. You know, first-person combat, you know, shoot them up, Duke Nukem, whatever stuff, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, they dress up in fatigues and oh, drop yeah. bombs from remote yep. control planes. Uh, Fortnite, I was watching a kid play that a couple summers ago. He's like eight. He's just all into Fortnite. He's like, check out my skin. And uh, and he's like, and I'm like, is is that a girl's butt? He's like, yeah, I'm a girl <laughs> in Fortnite. And um, they're like, you're good looking, you know, hind end on the, on, 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 on the character on, you know, and, and I'm like, why are you a girl? He goes, I don't want to look at a guy's buddy told me. He's like eight. <laughs> and um, so, wow. but when you have all these compounding things and, and, and it's centralized to mm-hmm. the urban areas and you're, and so your brain is now fogged up. Uh, there's a lot of study that, um, you know, um, uh, fluoride calcifies the pineal, pineal gland. gland. Yeah. And uh, the Nazis use fluoride to keep the, the masses in their concentration camps docile. Allegedly. No, that was, that was. 
fluoride, right? Did you say chlorine? I said fluoride. Did oh, I fluoride? say chlorine? Fluoride. I mean, no, I mean said fluoride. Okay. You said fluoride. Okay. I said you know, chlorine's another thing. So, oh, here's the other thing. When you're taking a shower in chlorinated water, you're breathing in chlorine gas. When you're taking a shower in fluoridated chlorinated water, you're breathing in, and then you got another chemical called fluorine, which mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure is, but so, so a lot of people like to take a hot, steamy shower. Well, yeah. all that stuff, you're inhaling it. That's a way better way <laughs> to like introduce like this stuff to your blood. I mean, your skin's a pretty resistant membrane, but um, getting it into your lungs, I mean, that's you know, why a lot of people like to smoke their drugs rather than drink them or put them on topically because it works better. So you have all of these compounding layers with, you know, the junk food, the bad environment. And then you get to the uh, indoctrination centers mm-hmm. that they're calling public schools. 13 years of that at least. So, yeah. Was it 15,000 hours or something? And uh, so then what they're doing with, you know, the, these little kids is they're essentially. And here's the other thing, too. 99% of the um, teacher union uh, uh of the members of the teacher union are registered Democrats and donate to the Democrat party. Yeah. That sounds about um, And uh, so now when you have a whole bunch of, you know, these sort of leftists who are programming all of the children that are going to school and most kids that are going to school, uh, public school are not uh, being um, like my dad. I went to public school. It was a totally different thing 20 years ago. And he, um, when I, or when I graduated school 25 years ago uh, and but my dad was like, what did you do today? What did you guys talk about? And I can remember, like, there was, like, the right to bear arms, for example, in eighth grade in U.S. history uh, in the Scott Forsman book, which was a publisher for the public school. It said that a right to bear arms does not give uh, individual uh, citizens a right to own guns. Mm. It is for police and military. Wow. Um, and, and this was t- 20 something years ago. Yeah. So this right? was like 19, no, it was almost 30 years ago. So yeah, even back great. then, they were clearly pushing an agenda. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's like, just worse now. So, but like my dad was like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to go have a talk with this history teacher. Mm-hmm. And he was like very adamant that this was wrong and this should not be put in here. And the history right. teacher, the guy's name was Brian Walsh at the time, he was actually pretty all right, dude. And he's like, yeah, I don't know why they put that in there, but that mm. is incorrect. And, mm. uh, and so anyways, so you go through this uh, public indoctrination system, and then you have a whole nother compounding layer where 23% of the children in America, which is the highest in the world, three times the average is 7% of the children in America are uh, raised in a single family. 23% of America's children are raised in in a single family, and 85% of them are raised just by mom. So now mom has to be the dad, which is not natural, which is very much a struggle. She has to rely on the state in order to get along. Um, and uh, so now you have, uh, you know, the brainwashing, the toxins, the chemicals, and this, and and, and if you, so, so the, um, what is the uh, the exception to this rule I just laid out? is uh, people who are entrepreneurs or farmers. Mm-hmm. And then most, and, and so so we have people that are entrepreneurs and farmers that do live in a city, but farmers are essentially entrepreneurs. So you got guys like, you know, that, uh, you know, we've, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but, you know, people who like grew up in a city and were part of this culture and they've come out of it. Um, and they- uh, Luke. 
Yes. And you know, actually, I'm not sure if Luke's father, parents were an entrepreneur. I kind of think, I don't remember what Luke's parents were. But, but like, he's from the city. He's from New York yeah, City. He's from Luke New York. So uh, Luke definitely woke up. But also Luke was 10 years old when he came to this country. Oh, okay. So he was in Poland before then. And, and there's a, a whole bunch of other things about Luke I'm not going to say in the yeah, air sure. that have to do with that. But there's examples of people who grew up in a city and their, and their parents owned a coffee shop. So if you're an entrepreneur, you bring your kids to work with you mm-hmm. uh, most of the time. Sure. Uh, in fact, I think it's a it's a detriment to your children not to bring them to work with you. I totally agree. If you're an entrepreneur. It's one of the most farm. important things I think that happened to me growing up was I got to work at my mom's thrift store it, and learn how to do customer service and help people and smile and run a cash register and things like that. We could continue you here your number if you want to join us 603-283-6160 talking about this sort of uh, system of instilling fear in people we're going to get back into it coming up here in hour number three you can join the show 603-283-6160 this is free talk live free talk live it is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The phones are open, and the number is 603-283-6160. Whether it's the wider topic of national divorce or what we were just discussing a moment, uh, talking about kind of the, the difference in raising kids in different environments, uh, city versus rural versus, you know, con- uh, sending them to government schools or keeping them at home and the kind of chemicals that they're being subjected to, all of that stuff. We can continue that discussion here, but we actually have some calls that uh, rolled in there during the news, so we're going to go to the phones. But with you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Matt. And Jay. That number again, 603-283-6160. Let's talk first to Kadu, calling us from uh, Connecticut. Go ahead, Kadu. Yeah, first I was kind of optimistic about this national divorce talk, but now I want to quickly echo the sentiment that uh, I think the national divorce terminology perpetuates the false notion that there's only two distinct points of view. Yeah, I agree. Is that all you had? That was it. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're, you're welcome to uh, elaborate if, you, uh, if you'd like. But yeah, we, we have way more than just quote-unquote conservative and liberal. I mean, there are differences within those communities. It's an infinite spectrum. And yeah. This is programmed with the whole sports government-subsidized sports ball nonsense. Mm-hmm. So in all the city areas, what do the kids do for activity? They play sports. Now, a lot of rural kids play sports, too. A lot of people play sports. They're uh, very much government sanctioned, or well, they're government subsidized. So you have all these sports ball fields everywhere. Um, and then the schools, you know, do sure. all these sports ball teams and stuff. And and you know, the whole thing is is uh, you know, so it's all about team. Uh, you know, the team comes first. There's mm-hmm. no I in team. You know, the football coach used to play. I played a little bit of football, but like. We were literally programmed to hate the kids from where Massachusetts. I grew up in Palmer. So we were the blue team, and I think they were green, like their color. Mm-hmm. But our color was definitely blue, and they were like green. We were blue and white, and they were green and uh, whatever. It's just but, so stupid. But I, I can remember like as like a 16-year-old being like, yeah, we're going to go vandalize their, oh, you man. know, the bridge overpass, and we're going to go like. That's you know, how it That's how yeah, it manifests. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was it, funny. Go ahead. It was funny, like a year ago on any show, whenever I heard this national divorce talk, like I was saying, I was 
pretty into it. And I was like, oh, this is that for that free state stuff. Oh, everyone's finally catching on. <laughs> and now, but but now I'm I can see. Oh, maybe this is actually almost enhancing the divide kind of thing. If if if, if divorce in people's minds means two sides. Mm-hmm. Right. Great points, Kadu. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate yeah, it doesn't it. necessarily mean, you know, we're all going to go our own ways. It means that they're going to break it up into two teams, like even harder than it already is broken up into two teams. Yeah, I mean, two mega national governments isn't yep. that much better than one mega national Terribly. government, right? I like the term regional divorce a little better hmm. because that's really what it is. I mean, you go outside of any city, the culture is 180. Well, totally different. And Murray Rothbard actually, had a pretty good quote about that too, talking about why couldn't you know we break it right down into you know counties or well, and that's one of the better objections to the national divorce. At least there aren't many good objections to it, but one of the better ones I've seen is the idea that yeah, sure you can break off red quote unquote versus blue states, but in a lot of these places you have a large difference between say Oregon for example, Portland. And East Oregon. It's a huge discrepancy between those types of people. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the whole city versus uh, rural area. Yeah, and upstate that is, New York wants nothing to do with the, New York City. In the city, right, exactly. So, like, it's still not good enough to say red versus blue states because it doesn't really address the real source of the problem, which is the difference in these different types of people that inhabit that state. Now, if we started seeing mass migrations from one to another, you know, seeing some of the city people leave, uh, you know, I don't know, Minneapolis or whatever, and then going to Portland, if there was shift, if there were shifts between the cities from red to blue, that might help solve that problem. But we're not seeing huge migrations like that, at least at this time. Uh, But who knows? I, I, I still, I'm not going to say that the talk is Overall detrimental, just because getting the idea of any sort of breakup in people's minds, I think, has a beneficial aspect to it. Might move the Overton window a little bit. Yeah, even though, I mean, maybe the fact is that all the talk of secession has moved the Overton window to where national divorce can actually be discussed. And maybe that, maybe more talk of national divorce will lead more people to realize, but yeah, maybe that's a little too big. Maybe we should go down to several federations instead of all of the red states and all of the blue states because, you know, it's... You know, lots of people have theorized of the both the future balkanization of the United States. It seems like it's inevitable. It does. Uh, I mean, but do the people in California, the leftists in California or the West Coast, have a lot in common with the ones in Massachusetts and Vermont? I don't really know. I bet I'm- they don't. Probably well, not. I know they're leftists, though. Left- they are. Leftists but, are hardcore collectivists. But think about it. the way that the New England, you know, people yeah, 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 are, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like they're true. not the same yeah. as uh, as the California types. It depends right, if know? they're like the cult type, because a lot of your, you know, um, classical liberals, like your like grandpa, you know, your grandpa's Democrat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not into this woke nonsense. Right. Uh, this is a culture, a cult, city urban liberal type, a cult that has literally been created recently. Uh, and I, I believe it took high-speed internet to really bring it full-on mm-hmm. hard. Let's continue here. Uh, we also have Joe on the line in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live, Joe. Yeah, hi. Is, is that Derek with you? Uh, no, we got Matt and Jay. Hey, hi. Hi, uh, Matt, and hi, Jay. Uh, I just call up to say uh, thanks a lot for the show. Sure. A show like this is very important. 
with the way this country has gone. And I really appreciate it. And I just want to let you all know you're all in my prayers, and I hope the best for everyone. High five. Back at you, buddy. Did you have any comment on any of the issues tonight? Well, yeah. When you get these uh, politicians, well, you know, you know they're lying because they've opened up their mouth and their lips are moving. Absolutely. And people just have to stand up and make a stand and say, you know, we're not going to put up with this anymore because you've destroyed something that was good at one time. If we if we learned anything and, from COVID, we learned that people are not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. And, and that was the chance. That was the big opportunity right there, and it didn't happen. People are going to go along to get along, and they will go along to get along right until they're loading them onto freight cars for the concentration camps, and they will continue onto the concentration camps. When they unload the trains, they will walk straight into the barbed wire fence corrals, and that's where their lives will end, and that's how humans are. I don't know why. Well, what's going to happen is, uh, you know, they manufactured this food crisis and people are going to be hungry and the people are going to be trying to break into those concentration camps. There's that too. Actually, Matt, yeah. the whole uh, concentration camp thing you just said is utterly ridiculous because today they just give them a vaccine. You just skip everything out, just straight to vaccine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to put all that effort. Why into bother with the logistics yeah, of a concentration camp, right? Well, uh, and also, I mean, take it a little further with this whole metaverse idea. I mean, this kind of builds off of what you were talking about in the last hour, Jay. Uh, Cyprian, who's a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, he used to be Vin Armani, now goes by Cyprian Online. He made the prediction that, uh, you know, like the Terminator movies, for instance, they spend all this energy trying to suppress the the rebels or whatever and the reality is the he's saying the ai is going to be able to do it in one generation with you know virtual yep. reality in the metaverse and being able to it's already happening you know the uh ai art for instance can generate a woman that looks you know as beautiful or more so than any woman you could meet in in real life and so he's saying his his prediction is these technologies are going to like loop with these incels and the you know these sexless uh, guys by the way which the, there's a, i think the majority of american males under the age of 30 or something like that are without any kind of relationship whatsoever right yep. now and he's saying that you're going to ki- he could they can kill an entire generation by just hooking these guys on uh, online e-thoughts or e-girls that the, are, that don't even exist so the what exam- are the girls doing they're going with older guys Oh, I mean, or younger could, guys. No, 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 not the young. No, the younger <laughs> well, guys. Are I, I got an without. example of one. I, I, we'll talk about a little bit. It's kind of segues into what I was talking about before. But what you're talking about with basically the men not wanting real life, you know, in right. the flesh women because right. the Internet provides them with, you know, a, quote unquote, the perfect girl. Well, right? just an extreme dopamine yeah. hit that they're addicted to. So they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting a sexual dopamine hit from, you know, real women. Mm-hmm. They're getting it from. Um, you know, uh, anime, it, uh, it's already happening in Japan. Sure. So like 20 years ago, I had some, I had some high school buddies that went, that were in the military that were in Japan and they're like, oh, you could just hook up with any woman you want because they are so desperate because the Japanese men are, you know, they're just not into girls. But, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the reason that James Corbett, uh, I don't know if you guys know who he is, CorbettReport.com, he's in, he chooses to be in Japan is because he's got the best internet in the world for a really long time. So Japan had essentially high-speed internet long mm-hmm. before the rest of the world did. And what's happened to that culture is they have a massive, massive population decline. 
And, Big time. And it's because the men are not interested in women. So what are women doing? What Instagram tells them to do to get a man. They're doing all this makeup nonsense. They're, you know, starving themselves so they can be, you know, look like a heroin addict for some reason. Um, you know, they're, uh, and then they're, you know. <laughs> Japanese and, women barely even have any skin on no, them. Well, I'm, I'm just saying is. women in general here in America. Oh, women um, in America. Just okay. with the Instagram. And like last week when I was on, we, you know, there was something about how the suicide rates are, are way up. And Instagram has a whole lot to do with it. And I've studied some stuff that Instagram is really trash women. So that's what's happening with the women mm-hmm. is they're is they're very desperate to 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 find a man, a, an actual real man there. And then even like uh, so, if you have a whole bunch of hens and no rooster, what happens is one of the hens plays the role of the rooster. <laughs> and actually, you, you'll see a hen will 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 start you know um, humping. The uh, uh, the other hens, the same exact way a rooster does, that hen will be the first one of the flock to, you know, attack a predator. Wow. Um, and uh, so this is where you're and, and, and we're seeing this in, in our society in our society now, um, you know, with uh, women, because there's basically men are not interested uh, uh, in, 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 in real women because their brain has been reprogrammed. So the other answer, and by the way, thanks, Joe, for the call tonight. The other answer was, in addition to younger women dating older men, which is kind of the way of the world for a long time, also some of them are obviously dating other women as well. So it's leaving the younger males out in the cold as far as being able to, you know, have a girlfriend. So mm-hmm. there's this uh, YouTuber, um, her name is Pearl, I think uh, Just Pearly Things. Um, is what her YouTube is called, and uh, she's pretty good. And um, actually, the way I found out about her is I was uh, checking, I was listening to some stuff Andrew Tate, and she did a lot of stuff with uh, uh, Andrew Tate, you know, podcast wise. Mm-hmm. This and, is the guy who got arrested in like Romania for yep. allegedly running some sort of prostitution oh, that guy, ring. That yep, guy. yep. Uh, so, <clears throat> anyways, uh, Pearl uh, talks about how uh, the metadata from the social media dating apps is that like eighty um, percent of the women are screwing five percent of the dudes or hooking up with five percent of the dudes mm-hmm. um, on the social media app. app. So an- another thing um, that uh, the the way like in these Muslim countries you're able to get so many like radical young men is because what's happening is five percent of the men are marrying. 30 or 40 women each hmm. and then there's no women left for most of the population of young men mm-hmm. so what happens is these young men you know are very much easy to radicalize, to radicalize mm-hmm. and turn into whatever because mm-hmm. yeah. they don't have a future as far as they're concerned you know i was uh i was watching some ufo alien stuff this week and i found this guy chris um chris bledsoe and apparently he was abducted by aliens in 2007 with his son. And ever since then, the aliens have kept in touch with him. And one of the aliens said, this light being, he calls them, uh, the, the light being told him that the earth was going to undergo an extremely drastic change when Rigel. It's a star, uh, right? Yeah, Rigel's a giant star, big orange star, um, is eye to eye with a sphinx. And some people... Uh, some astronomers went to find out when that was going to be, and apparently it's the first week of April 2026. Hmm. So hopefully we're all just rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic at this point, and I'm just going to sit back and watch the show. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting, whatever it is that uh, that transpires. Let's go to the phones here. We got Law Dog on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, you're on the air. 
Hey, how you doing? Is this Ian? Uh, it is. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, what's on my mind? I had a local divorce about 25 years ago. It cost me 1200 What's the growing rate for a, uh, a divorce now? I have no idea, no clue how much it would I don't cost. think any of us have been through a divorce, so I, I don't, don't think know. we can tell you. Yeah, up in a regional divorce there, Tommy and Giselle, you, I, I think I think Tommy got uh, who? got a good settlement off of her because she made who? a lot of money while Tommy who? playing. Um, Tommy Brady. Tom, oh, the football, oh, the football guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They they needed to do hey, something hey. with his wealth, uh, especially after you know FTX paid him a you know I don't know a hundred million dollars. Didn't to he lose it all though? Didn't he lose like hundreds of millions from FTX? Have, Ian, what, what his wife ended with up your, with a lot of it, I guess. I don't know. With, with your crypto six deal there, uh, I, I think uh, scam the bankrupt fraud uh, helped you out there. They're after him now and. What no, I don't think he helped me out. I, I didn't know that guy, number one. Uh, number two, his uh, arrest happened basically while my trial uh, was going on, so I suspect that may have actually had a negative impact, if anything, on the, the Crypto 6 case. But, yeah, actually, somebody had called earlier about that. Uh, you can certainly listen to the archive at freetalklive.com, but sentencing's coming up on April 14th. If you want to learn how to write a letter to the judge on my behalf, you can go to letters freetalklive.com I will I'll, uh, I'll I'll send you out a letter there and uh, see what I can do uh, for you good luck and well, thank and, you and God bless you and uh, you know you guys take care and uh, uh, we'll talk to you soon appreciate the call law dog let's continue here Robert is in Vermont you're on free talk live Rob hey so Jay was talking about all of these you know horrible things that you know governments do to us and stuff but you know, one thing that I that I learned the other day was that in the state of New Hampshire alone, there are less than a thousand houses for sale, mm-hmm. and yeah. on average, uh, the home is cost is like between three fifty and five hundred thousand dollars. That's on average. On average. Wow. Okay. Now, that was on Channel Nine News mentioned that and. I took it my own state, and there's less than 850 homes for sale. Wow. Yeah, there's three times as many people in New Hampshire as there are in Vermont, though. And and in New Hampshire and Vermont, you can't swing a dead cat in rural New Hampshire without hitting an abandoned home. Everywhere you drive around, there's abandoned houses all all over Western Mass, all over Mm. New Hampshire, uh, in fact, when I did when I when I was doing Free Talk Live back in 2019, one of the show prep articles I did, it was a, I believe it was Zero Hedge, was how there's 1.8 million bank owned abandoned houses in 2019, and at the time there was like something like you know 300,000 homeless people or 400,000 homeless people, and there was like you know a couple of bank owned abandoned houses for every homeless man, um, and uh, it's these. These banks are, you know, re- repo the house or repossess the house and don't put it back on the market because they don't want to dilute the market. And they're also using those uh, basically that that a house abandoned is worth more as an asset on the balance sheet than them even selling it. And if they start taking millions of homes and putting them on the market, but like you cr- cruise up, you know, uh, Route Ten here into like Unity and um, uh, up towards uh, that area, I go up that way a lot. Uh, uh, Claremont and stuff, and you go into some of these back roads, you will just find abandoned home after just abandoned homes everywhere, back mm. roads all over New Hampshire 
and Vermont. Those are foreclosed homes, I believe. I just some of them just nothing's been going on for years. Like they're falling apart, they're falling down, and mm-hmm. some of them, like you know, there was cars in the driveway there a couple of years ago, and you know, grass hasn't been mowed. They're not plowed. You know, I drive by them like you know a couple times a month. It's yeah, a whole bunch of them. Interesting. Also, uh, I'd like learned that between 2019 and 2020, 20,000 people moved to New Hampshire and bought homes. Yeah, well, a lot of people moved to their vacation homes. So, like, just north of me, uh, there's a lake in Warner, New Hampshire, or Bradford. Actually, it was the uh, town that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell was found in. Uh, yeah. And anyways, uh, 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 uh Mike Gill, I don't know if you guys remember him, but he's mm-hmm. been really going off lately about how, uh, like, you know, New Hampshire is like the the fentanyl distribu- distribution area for the United States, and how, um, you know, uh, with Maxwell was hiding out here, and you know, everybody's corrupt and connected to all the politicians, which is probably pretty true. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. So all these people moved like to their lake houses during the scamdemic. Same thing with Cape Cod, which is sort of like a ghost town in the winter, and. Uh, you know, in the summertime is an absolute zoo. It's actually all the houses are occupied year round now. And the locals hate it because there's so many people there in the wintertime. And there's like, but there's less people were going there, you know, in the summer because nobody was really vacationing. Uh, now they're staycationing, you know, and mm. zoom into work. Yeah, I got to say, I've been following the real estate market here for a while. And it's it's pretty slim pickings right now. I mean, I'm looking at uh, Zillow. And there's roughly two dozen properties available in this one zip code at the moment. And several of them are just property. Like, there's no actual yeah. house on it. Uh, try getting something built right now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, of those that are available, you're, there's a couple trailers that range from fifty five to $137,000 right now. Yeah. Actual trailers in a trailer park. Uh, so I mean, it's pretty some pretty crazy prices. The prices, according to the Zillow uh, email, have uh, just looking at this one zip code, which obviously is not indicative of the whole state. But uh, they said the typical value of a home a year ago was two hundred fifty three thousand. It is now two hundred ninety seven thousand for the typical home value. So it give you some idea of how crazy prices are. Now we may be seeing a, a drop coming. You know, if, as uh, the economy continues to have difficulty. Uh, there's no guarantee that just because inflation is continuing to happen that that means that housing prices are going to keep going up. There could be a uh, could be a market crash at mm-hmm. some point. So who knows? Maybe a buying opportunity eventually. Yeah, I hope it locks right up. I know we have a lot more homeless people than what we've normally had in the mm-hmm. last few years. Well, I, thank you, building, government. They're building a whole new homeless shelter here in Keene. Thank you for the call tonight, Rob. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, we continue here. Sarah's in New Mexico. Go ahead. Sarah. Uh, Oh yeah, I just wanna. I just wanna say that I think New Mexico. We have a two-month session, and the last year we had a two-month session. I mean, one-month session. You talking about we the legislative session? Short state session. The, le- the, the legislators, the new the uh, what, New Mexico the legislators. Yeah, you know, two months is two months too long, in my opinion. Thanks for the call, Sarah. The number here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The, uh, unfortunately, the legislature is in session here as well in New Hampshire. And uh, they had a, a really great bill that unfortunately did not pass uh, yesterday. It was the end to the entire war on drugs. And But the good news is 70 of the legislators did vote for it. Uh, so more coming up.
Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up whatever you want. We have time for you. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian, Matt, and Jay in the studio tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. We have our uh, feeds that we have available, the RSS feeds. It's our podcast you can take that feed and plug it into your favorite podcast client, or maybe you use one of those big name uh, company clients that are out there like iHeartMedia or Spotify. We're already in those systems, and we have the links over to our show there at feeds.freetalklive.com. You'll find all the links that you need. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. So we've been talking about everything from national divorce to this sort of fear-mongering system that has been set up, and Jay... I don't know if you had a chance to round out what you were saying in the, like in the last hour. I figured you had a little more to uh, to add to it. So, so you start compounding all this stuff, and when you are, and, and then the chemicals, the government schools, yeah. the indoctrination. So, like my generation was told up and down, you will be nothing if you don't go to college. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, that, that's what we were told. <laughs> it's uh, such a lie. So, so like, oh, sorry, Matt. Let's try that again. Uh, I said that was a long-standing myth. Yeah. yeah, so you will it be still is you will be still nothing is. if you don't go to college. I do remember in like 2003, um, I was talking about how college is a scam, and this guy like just gives me a CD, and the CD was I put it in my truck and started driving, and it was Kanye West college dropout CD. I don't know if you guys ever no, and um, I I'd heard of Kanye West, but like these songs weren't on the radio, really, and and I listened to a lot of radio because I used to you know put on like. 150,000 miles a year driving, uh, you know, throughout my twenties. And so anyways, uh, and, uh, and he basically had a whole song about how college is a scam. I forget what it, I think it was called. I think the album was called college dropout. Maybe. Wow. 20 years ago, you know, but anyway, he's a billionaire, right? And the establishment hates him. Uh, so anyways, uh, then so you go to all this programming in high school. High school tells you that, you know, you need to play sports and get good at sports so you can get a college scholarship. So, like, so many of my buddies on the football team were like, their goal was to be so good at football um, for a college scholarship so they mm-hmm. could go to college. And then they all went and, – and then they would have all the – you know, you got like um, at the college fairs, you got like, oh, the state police are there recruiting and, you know, the sheriffs and, you know, you can be uh, – um, like even my, my sister in Colorado, she was, uh, really interested in being a CIA agent because the CIA Yikes. was essentially trying to like basically recruit kids to, you know, being a CIA, like through her high school program. Um, so, and same thing with the military and, and all this stuff. And then it's like, oh, so if you spend all, so if your brain is full of poisons and you keep on continuing uh, to consume those poisons that you're getting from the government subsidized food and the water and all the whole nine yards. And yeah. And then, you know, your brain, uh, a man's brain uh, stops developing somewhere around 21 years old and a woman's brain quits developing. It's undeveloping somewhere around 26. So th- then you're going from one indoctrination program right into another one. Most of most Americans, uh, you know, going to college. And like mm-hmm. all these, you know, people go, they go to college, like, for example, be an art student. And because they have a degree in art, now they can be, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, a school teacher or a social worker uh, or, or or whatever. But anyways, and, and all of these Ivy League colleges are essentially, you know, funded um, by Jeffrey Epstein's friends. 
Uh, if you start looking at like, you know, Bill Gates and the Clinton Foundation and what all, you know, they, they, you know, dump all these money into all these colleges, all these mm-hmm. universities, not all of them, but a lot of them. So when you spend that whole time and then uh, at 26 years old, and, and, oh, and here's a whole nother element to this. The kid goes and plays T-ball. Um, he can't even hit the ball on a tee. He still gets, you know, a first prize ribbon or a trophy or whatever, you know. And then sure. uh, even I, I've seen this. This really upset me. I was in the horse business my, most of my life. And they would have these lead line classes, which is like the T-ball of horseback riding. So you put the little kid on and like, you know, the kid's like five years old and trots around on a pony. And at but this, somebody's ho- holding a right, a right, right. This little kid. And then um, I did lead line when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and I remember I was so damn proud I got fourth place out of, like, 35 kids because <laughs> okay. that's pretty good. Uh, but when I was, like, uh, I had a, I was dating a girl in my in my mid-20s, and uh, she had a, a six-year-old and a, and a 10-year-old daughter, and I took the kids horse showing. And I remember we go do the... Um, <laughs> We go do the lead line class. Every kid got a blue ribbon. Mm. I am like, oh, I was just the so participation upset. trophy. Yeah, yeah. As they call it. So yeah. when you're getting, you know, uh, a positive reinforcement for not even doing, you know, not even winning mm-hmm. uh, or, or you know, no just for participating, like yeah. you said, and then all of a sudden you're 26 years old, you're out of college, and reality, you know, runs you over like a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, then you have an epic meltdown. Well. The thing is, is when you join a parasite class, as far as I'm concerned, like working government or some heavily government regulated, you know, industry, like if you look at all of these, um, you know, um, big tech jobs at like uh, Google and like how Twitter used to be is like, oh, yeah, I, I stroll into work and get a muffin and a mimosa from the deli. And <laughs> yeah. then, you know, I go hang out in, you know, um, listen to some music, Play some video in the rubber room, you know, or, the, the, they got the pinball machine yeah. and. Um, like when do you actually work? Right, right. So, so we have a whole section of, we have a whole parasite class uh, of people, and you might as well in- include the people who are working at the DMV. You know, mm-hmm. they're basically, you know, that, that's the most useless job in the world ever. Just you know, sure. and, and and those people seem classically, you know, miserable. Um, and so, any of this like parasite class, uh, th- they've just, you know, they're just NPCs, non-player, you know. Um, Characters, characters. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say combatant, but non-player uh, uh, <laughs> characters, and <clears throat> so, uh, and and a lot of people just never get out of that. And no. also, what big tech has ha- another thing I forgot to mention: what big big tech has done with the algorithm loops, loops, um, you know, getting the young men all addicted to porn, so they're not interested in real women, or mm-hmm. real women really can't satisfy them because you know the porn girls can do this, and now you got to. Um, uh, you know, it started with anime porn, sort of like uh, with Japan mm-hmm. has really destroyed the uh, you know, the men in Japan, and 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 then now you have AI porn, um, and oh, yeah. and and there's all kinds of studies where like porn makes you depressed, like mm-hmm. if you watch porn, you are going to be depressed, and if and and then um, you get off porn, your brain function changes, and you're no longer depressed, but. If you're uh, a prepubescent young man and you start watching porn, um, your brain doesn't ever go back to default because the default, you know, as the young boy is developing and and ha- an, an interest in women or mm-hmm. or sexual stuff, um, the uh, and it's being influenced by big tech and now AI. Um, and AI has probably been doing this for a decade, uh, best I can tell. Uh, so you got all these compounding layers just destroying society. 
So <clears throat> one of my friends is this guy, Bob Anderson, from Phoenix, Arizona area. He's a good buddy of uh, Ernie Hancock's. If mm-hmm. anyone listens to Ernie Hancock, they know who Bob Anderson is. And when I first met Bob and talking to Bob at Pork Fest several years ago, he says, did you grow up on fluoridated water? <laughs> I said, no, we had a well um, in the house. Uh, the second house that we lived in when I was like moved into was 13 years old, did have city water, but it was very local village and there was no, and it came up, came from wells mm-hmm. and it, it didn't come it from reservoir. It wasn't fluoridated. It wasn't even chlor- chlorinated. Hmm. Um, Thorndike, Massachusetts, little village of Palmer, Mass. And then the farm had, you know, a shallow well and I drank out of that garden hose, you know, you know, for 30 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, you know, a lot of people that I know that, you know, sort of had this libertarian freedom anarchist mindset grew up on well water. And uh, so <clears throat> a couple of things I've witnessed now with mm, probably a dozen women. And I'm going to cite an example, uh, a girl who um, uh, we, we all know here in the room. Uh, she's 33 years old right now. Uh, she was a grew up in a you know Holyoke, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, lived in a you know some apartment with her parents. Her mom is a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her younger brother got all the vaccines. They got um, you know as a kid. She when she became like 15. Oh no, when she came about 17 or 18, she was like oh, I don't. She's never did any more vaccines. Um, and uh, um, she was you know, always healthier than her brother. Uh, I am, I believe very much that uh, women's uh, chemistry, the biology is way stronger than men's, but a woman's body has to be stronger because that is going to be a life support plus a life, you know, a bodybuilding mechanism, you know, factory mm-hmm. to, you know, for nine months, you know, maybe several times during a woman's life. So they, they have to be stronger. Uh, I've noticed that when you're raising uh, cows, this big dairy I worked on in Colorado, they milked 1,500 cows. So we had like 3,000 head of cattle there. And every day there was calves born. And, you know, 30, 40 calves a day were born. And I would haul, you know, a semi-load, which was like 140 calves to, or 110 calves to an auction, you know, every couple months of bull calves. Well, the heifer calves were the real valuable ones because they go back to making milk. But what I noticed about the calf operation on these things is like the heifer calves and the bull calves, they'll all get sick and they'll all have snotty noses and like a good amount of the bull calves will die. Like mm. a couple of week old bull calves will die on these big corporate, you know, farms. Mm. They're not like really good at taking care of like, you know, the way we read, like the way Bardo farm raises, you know, the cattle, for example, the calves, none of them get sick because he's only raising, you know, five or eight at a time. He's not raising 150 at a time mm-hmm. or whatever, or 400. Uh, so anyways, the bull calves always got way sicker than the heifer calves. And, um, and like the calf mortality rate, if you kept bull calves around, a lot of these guys would keep the bull calves. Um, sometimes they'd sell them right out day old, but sometimes they would just keep them. Like we kept them for a while, grew them out, um, and then sent them to auction. It just, that's the way these guys did it. And, uh, yeah, they, all these dairymen would say, and you know that, oh yeah, the, the heifers are stronger. They, they withstand more and it, you know, is, which is the female, uh, you know, cow. So our friend I was talking about here, she's, you know, moved to the free state thing, I don't know, five, six years ago, four Mm -hmm. years ago, maybe. And um, I've talked to her about, you know, how she came to the ideas of liberty, because when she was, you know, 21 years old, she was a diehard feminist. Mm. Um, She was uh, very much. Did she go to college? 
Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, she did. Okay. I think she's got some student loan debt. We talked about once. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, she definitely went to college. And then when she was like 23, she moved out to rural California, some small remote mountain town and uh, lived there for three years. And um, shortly after that, <clears throat> she, uh, um, you know, was like, oh, this whole feminism thing is really wrong. Hmm. She like feels that she sort of woke up like a couple years after, you know, just being out of the city. Um, and I wonder why. Well, she really thinks a lot of it has to do with the fluoride. So uh, another thing that really benefits a woman's biology. Is, and so when a woman starts menstruating, you know, all of this, um, you know, blood comes out, uh, you know, a couple of days a month. And uh, with that blood is a lot of toxins. So when you're constantly refreshing your blood and making new blood, your blood is it's it's healthy blood. It's stronger. Um, and so women sort of have like this natural detoxification cycle uh, happening with their bodies. And uh, sh- her and about uh, maybe five other women I've had the same exact conversation with sort of same thing. They were like. You know, city girls who city girls, and then they somehow got in a country, whether the family moved out in a country or they moved out in a country, and they, you know, and and then they just and so what's, what happens? A lot of them just start eating healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just sort of realize that you know, um, you know, the chemicals are spraying on food, and anybody who does any kind of research whatsoever, um, and and a lot of women, young women, are very very concerned about their image, so they mm-hmm. learn how to not be fat, for example, yeah, and. Uh, and and how to look attractive, uh, because you know as we you know it is a extremely competitive marketplace for young women right now for men because a lot of the men just aren't interested. Uh, so, anyways, <clears throat> the um, well, I mean, it's uh, always been competitive, but you know, don't you think this has to do with more than just the chemicals, right? Like, because obviously, if you yes, just if you just change layers. the chemicals that somebody's subjected to, it's not going to change their ideas. I mean, if they're in a society where different things are valued and they want to fit in, then they might find themselves going in that direction. I think the chemicals are a major, major component because if your brain is all jammed up with a bunch of chemicals and it can't Mm -hmm. function, you can't expect someone who basically was born in the city, spent her whole life in the city, been, you know, consuming all the, the worst of everything is what ends up in the city. The most expensive, worst water is the stuff that comes out of the city water. The worst food is, you know, the food that's trucked from furthest away, usually and manufactured in some plant, you know, Mm -hmm. has a very stable shelf life is, you know, government subsidized, um, you know, and then uh, even just the fact that people are just living on top of each other is like, you know, a whole nother element. And then you have to take all the sewage and waste and you have to move it somewhere. It's really Mm -hmm. expensive, you know, to run these water treatment plants. But I. uh, so, so, so this girl is, uh, I'm talking about here. She, she is like really convinced, and many of them are that getting away from the toxins, not ingesting the toxins, allowed that their body to detox, and then their brain could start functioning properly. Mm. They could actually start thinking because she's like, you know, why, why did I believe this whole feminist nonsense? And it wasn't until she got away from the city uh, that she, she feels that's what you know caused her to essentially wake up. Well, I, I'm not saying it didn't help her. I mean, obviously, changing the chemicals that, that you're on can certainly affect your mind and how you're thinking. But she's also around a completely different group of people, yep. right? So, yep. like, the people that you associate with, she's at college. 
her friends are going to be feminists. Yep. The teachers are going to be feminists. Yep. She's going to be surrounded by a bunch of guys who are trying to get laid by feminists. So That's they're right. going to be in, you know reinforcing all that. Yep. You move out to the the woods, you move out to the country or whatever, and the guys you're going to be interacting with are going to be of a different sort, right? Like she's going to be trying to if she wants to date a guy, She's going to have to probably change her demeanor because some of them are going to put up with that crap. And that's what right? got her out of the city and into, uh, you know, this rural mountain town in California was a boy she started dating. Oh, okay. And and he had a um, he had a farm out there. Mm-hmm. He was a farm boy. And she I don't she was there for several years. Yeah. She um, probably also saw a lot of dudes doing stuff that she wanted absolutely no part of. Oh yeah, work around that and stuff yeah. that she didn't had no interest in doing, and said, "Oh, that looks like a good thing." Uh, and and that was the thing too. Is so like we were talking about chemicals and fluoride, and like the soy boy epidemic is a lot of these chemicals are essentially, um, you know, blocking testosterone. And she was like, "I had really no interest in men in high school. I kind of thought they were gross and disgusting." And mm-hmm. like she was like, "I was very much a prude," um, and even like you know through these college years. And, uh, and I was like, well, um, you know, uh, I might be talking sort of out of turn right here, but like, so women and men both have testosterone and and test. And if your testosterone level is like kind of high, you have a high sex drive. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and same thing with women, like, uh, and this would probably be a really good thing for, um, Ari to comment on. She might know about this, but like when women transition into men and they start taking testosterone, uh, actually, I had a, uh, a guy at Porkfest who was a transition from a woman to a man. Uh, you know, last year or the year before, she was like, oh, yeah, as soon as I started taking testosterone, she's like, I got extremely horny. She's like, I don't know how you men control yourselves. <laughs> and uh, They're some of the most interesting people to listen to when it comes into when it comes to uh, men's and women's issues are the, the females who are transitioning to men and taking tons of tos- testosterone. Mm-hmm. They're like... Well, I've never been that angry before. Yeah, 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 that too. Like, I never really understood, you know. I never got so excited about something that didn't matter, you know, (laughs) was one of the uh, dude's comments. But um, I think that we need to, uh, as a culture, the only way we're going to fix this is we have to invest heavily in our posterity. We have to not let our kids into public schools. Uh, I I really think the worst thing you could do is send your kids to public schools. Not be using internet devices as pacifiers and babysitters, and we re- and not be raising your kids in the cities. May, now, I, I would say another major thing to add to that is mate selection. Stop pairing off with bad mates. Keep your keep your marriage, keep your family together. Yep. You know, single moms raising boys does not create men. No, mm-hmm. I mean unless by stroke of luck. And, and like eighty percent of the um, of uh, uh, boys from single moms like end up in prison um and the uh there was some statistics uh about how if you are raised by a mom and dad or just by your dad you're gonna turn out basically the same which is you know way better than just raised by you know a single mom and and this is not an attack on single moms and single moms are very much a victim but as this is these are just actual statistics um, and I've, you know, have heard this, you know, several times from, uh, several different YouTubers, uh, that guy, uh, I think his name's David bet Allen. Um, oh, he, he does valuetainment is his, uh, thing. He's, uh, I think he's Lebanese originally. He's got a little bit of an accent, but, uh, and, and he was one talking about this and then you got, um, you know, some other, and I've been, 
because I'm I'm writing a, a series of lectures called Invest in Our Posterity. Mm-hmm. I'm doing with the uh, Autonomy Unlimited uh, guys, and th- um, so I've been researching a lot about in in the way I'm sort of doing my research is you know listening to you know these podcasts while I farm and work because yeah. you know it's how I consume content, and then I go back and you know I'm now I'm taking a lot of this uh, research and this work and I'm putting it into a slideshow. Uh, so I can present it to people. Sure. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, next week or the week after, I'll have some kind of URL or website I can tell people about where to go to find this. All right. You cool. know, as we're working on it. But uh, we, the only way we're changing our culture is to change future generations. And uh, when I was in Arizona, one of my friends that I went and visited say said, uh, "If you could go back to 2010 um, and." Or 2009, what would you do? And I knew he, you know, Bitcoin he was talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, right. And I said, yeah, I know you're saying Bitcoin, but what I would do is tell people not to let their kids use internet devices. Uh, if I could only tell, you know, give myself one thing mm-hmm. to like, you know, do, it would be, you know, invest in your posterity. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, your my posterity, my kids are your posterity also because – uh, that's essentially, you know, all of we're all invested in a posterity, and, and I really encourage people who don't have kids to invest in our posterity somehow. Whether it's teaching a skill, um, like you know, um, a, a friend of mine, he's in where, and he's like, I want to do some man camp stuff here. I'm like, that's awesome. I don't know if you guys know Brian Becker. Yeah. Um, so he's got a, the warehouse there, and he's got a nice little barn there to make a great blacksmith shop. And he, I was plowing his driveway today. He's like, I want to do some man camp stuff here. And he's kind of, and I'm like, that's awesome. He goes, oh, I was hoping you were going to support me or something like that, you know, because like I, I'm, you know, six miles up the road yeah, doing right. a man camp sure. thing. But it doesn't, if, if, if there was a guy every mile on every road doing some kind of man camp, there mm-hmm. can't be too many of us wanting to just help kids, you know, build confidence. And if we can uh, instill confidence in our young men, and you, you can grow up in the city, and because there's plenty of people who grow young up in the city, need confidence and they're fine. too. Uh, yeah, Everybody yeah, well, needs confidence. Yeah, Mankind, I use the g- generic term, you know, man, men, mankind. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah. w- women. Uh, Confidence uh, is attractive. Yes, and and the thing is, is women are are sort of like insulated a little more. It's it's, it's really the young boys that need to help to build their confidence. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you, when I do well, I think the- you're missing something there too. I think it's good for girls. It'd be good for girls too because with uh, single moms raising girls, yep. they're not those little girls aren't really be gi- being given like a masculine, you know, yep. and maybe not or not maybe not a healthy masculine uh, influence. So she can learn how to decide what. What's yeah. what when she gets older? And, and and so my observation with doing my man camp curriculum, homeschooling curriculum, uh, is uh, when I'm basically t- doing blacksmithing and forging is is mostly what it's been. Um, is like you know these eight year old girls, like just you know pretty much just you know beat the crap out of the boys when it comes to doing it. And like even like, like the seven-year-old girls, I mean, they're just so awesome. Hold that thought. Let's continue here. Uh, we got Bad Slave on the line in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. I, I uh, just just wanted to uh, give a little more information about uh, Patrick uh, David, uh, who is from Iran. Okay. By the way, Patrick and, David. Uh, Patrick Bet David, the guy I had mentioned with the YouTube. Yep. Oh. Yeah. His his channel is called Valuetainment, and he is uh, he's really great. Um, kind of a more down to earth business style. 
person, but but has some really really amazing guests, and uh, you know, so uh, okay. I've been enjoying him for quite a while. Very good. Thanks for the clarification I, on that, Bad Slave. Appreciate it. We got a minor ache in the Odyssey chat room. Says, my single mother raised three boys alone, and we are all effed in the head. He says. <laughs> uh, out of time for tonight, but uh, we will continue tomorrow. And you can join us online in the meantime. And when uh, Jay gets that URL, we are definitely going to share it with you. Uh, looking forward to that. Getting more of this information out there. Thanks, guys, as always. And we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Join us there and then. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.